Once again. That's all. Just one just one chord. The delightful musical stylings of Andrew Cameron. Next time you can play two chords. No. Do you well, know, yeah. Do you know two chords? I know A minor and E minor. Those are good chords. That's all. Uh-oh. Microphone. Yeah, watch, watch the stand there. My bad. My bad. <clears throat> okay. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ejaculations podcast. Is, um, that the, is that the name of the podcast? Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah, uh, yes, it is. And he's like, "What did I get myself into?" <laughs> yeah. um, oh no, this is gonna ruin my credibility. No, it's okay. Uh, so if you break it down, it's actually a genius name. Uh, so EJ, that's my name. AC, Andrew Cameron, that's his name. Ejac. My God. And, and then, then we're like just, the only natural thing to come after that would be and it's relations. just us ejaculating our thoughts <laughs> all over our listeners' ears. In their ear holes. Exactly. In their <coughs> ear, in their ear pussies. <coughs> I got some phlegm fl- going on right now. Yeah, me too. Um, so <laughs> we have on our show today two of our friends, Arseni and Mike. Welcome, um, guys. We've been talking about having these guys on the show for a long time. Um, closer to January 1st, which is when everybody kind of does their year-end lists of, of, of best music, right. best albums That's of the year. But it's now February. And that might I like be. I like add the R in. I say February. I, I make an effort to say February. <laughs> I think it's important. <laughs> February. But what um, is this rue. February. February. Yeah. Everybody kind of cocks their head like yeah. past the rue. Um. So the, anyway, point being, these are two uh, very talented musicians. They're working on an album right now. Maybe we can get into that a little bit if you guys want to want to talk about that. But um, we can talk about um. Our musical interest in general. We could do our top ten lists of the year. I think that might be an interesting thing. Um, anyway. You can stop hitting your mic stand. No, I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so. Anyway, what's going on with you guys? What's going on with you guys? Where are you guys today? What's going on? We're here at the ejaculation station. Yes! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> we should change that. I oh, my God. Wouldn't the ejaculation station just be like a peep show? Like Cinema d'Amour or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, but that has to be the you name put of 25 cents in the little machine or something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see I'm so, open. I'm so fucking curious to go inside one of those places just to see what the fuck is going on in there because I have no idea what does, what, does 25 what, cents get you I don't in, know I think in what, what context it's like a nudie booth like they talk about it on clerks in clerks and they, like these girls put on a show for you I don't think they do that there I think I think mm. Cinema L'Amour at least like the 25 cent ones is like you have a little personal TV in a little personal room. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like a photo booth. Yeah. Ooh, that's it's, what they do? It's like old-timey porn, basically. So it's not like a movie theater. Like Debbie Does have... Dallas? That's what I thought they it was. They have a theater in yeah? there. It was like a, yeah. like a taxi heard. driver movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, apparently they're... Um, actually, uh, Angela, who you met um, when we were making mustard, she went to a show there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making mustard. Yeah, we were, it's yeah. free for couples. We're full of euphemisms so on this show. <laughs> making mustard. Uh, no, we were actually just making mustard. When we were making mustard. Yeah. <laughs> just out of pause before. No, we were, we were actually making mustard. Was it hot mustard? It wasn't that hot. Mm. No. You tried it, actually. I had it. It was good. Yeah. We still have yeah. it in our fridge. Or did you eat it all? It's all gone. Okay. It's all gone. Yeah. That's okay. You know what? I'm I'm happy to hear back from people that they actually... Didn't throw up after eating it. So that's a compliment. It's all gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the plus. there forever. Except Wait, yours. Do you guys mind if I smoke in here? No, 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 not at all. no. Andrew, do you mind if I smoke in here? Go ahead. Go ahead. S- Thanks, buddy. Smoke on. <laughs> smoke on. 
Um, Are you going to Burning Man this year? No. Today was the individual uh, sale. I know, I know. Martin's you, going. Martin's play? going. Martin's going? Yeah. Did you get a ticket? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, his brother has been previous years. Yeah. So he like was on top of it, I think. Jesus. Did you try to get tickets? No. Oh. Okay. No, I, think I just... a couple of your friends are going again. Exactly. I scrolled through my Instagram feed and just cried a little. Like, yeah, going again, going a, again. A couple of my friends tried to get okay. tickets and only some of them are able to go. Sold out in like... 3.2 seconds yeah, or some shit. Yeah, 15 minutes, 40 Yeah, minutes. I was receiving constant updates, or not updates, but like, um, you know, Facebook notifications for this girl. I was like, oh, okay, only an hour and a half to go. She's on like some weird digital waiting list where she's like, oh, right, you yeah, yeah. get the ticket and you pay for it, but then I, I don't know how it works, man. I don't know how it works. You'd think that like it could almost be unlimited, the amount of space that they have yeah. in the desert. Absolutely. I think there's I something know. with the... Uh, State of Nevada. They have to keep under a certain amount of. Uh, they they attended. expanded every year, but that's crazy. Can you imagine being one of the like the little bumfuck nowhere highway towns that just every year is like you're just filled with, I guess hippies. Yeah, this is not just hippies that go anymore. It's just like hippies, ravers, pretty, pretty much all walks yeah. of life. Yeah, are there like like families there? Oh yeah, I saw oh, yeah. I saw kids there. What about like who is Martin? Exactly. Like, yeah. Martin, How do you demo, define what Martin? De- demographic Martin is, does he identify n- with? Nothing. An unemployed amateur just, theater artist? Just Martin. I guess he's like a, th- like a theater geek. Yeah, like theater a theater geek. theater nerd, if okay. you're going to get into it. No, it's definitely a class of people. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if the people in the bumfuck towns can yeah. pick them out. Though. <laughs> no. Oh, I look at like, like, that one? theater geek. I, I mean this in the, in, the, in, the, in the most complimentary sense of the word, just like a nerd. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. really into British humor. Like, loves Monty Python. Yeah, okay. Uh, is he Scottish? I approve of that. He loves Scottish. He, he loves Scotland. He is Scottish, yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's fully Scottish, but um, he's really good at doing Scottish accents and other other British accents. Described himself as an ant yesterday. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Well, no, because you, you were saying, I'm going to Evan to see The Hobbit. And <laughs> it, it's like, Hey, like with my favorite Hobbit. I forget what you said exactly. But <laughs> won't you're be better to, than my favorite Hobbit. Won't be better than he, with my favorite. Pause. He's like, I'm more of an ant. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He is more of an ant. He's tall, um, barky, <laughs> um, wise. He is a wise dude. He is a very wise dude. Um, how was the Hobbit, by the way? Kinda I talked sucked. about it briefly. I talked about it briefly with Mike. Mike's Not a lot of wisdom. Yeah, it in, it was really pretty. Yeah. It was really pretty to look at, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Oscars. I want to make some this, kind of analogy. This Sunday, Peter Jackson won Best Picture for Return of the King, right? Yes. Hobbit is nothing even no. close to that. It's for, I, to me, it was child's play the whole time. But it seemed you know like what? It I, like more I regret movie. nothing. I had a great time. Oh, I had a I, great time too. Yeah. I think it was just kind of confusing. And I think the film itself was really confused in the sense of, like, what was it? You know, there was, like, this weird humor angle where they would, like, try to pull, like, little jokes during really tense scenes. Like, Billy Connolly was, uh, like, on a giant pig with a battle hammer. And just, like, you know, Billy Connolly? <laughs> yeah, the Scottish yeah. storyteller, yeah, stand-up exactly. guy. And so, like, it would be, like, this really tense scene where, like, orcs are coming in to, like, destroy all these, like, valiant dwarves. And then Billy Connolly is just like, yeah, bugger. And like smacks me with a hammer. It's but like, it doesn't work in the same way of, of the like Gimli Legolas banter as comic Not at relief all. Not at all. For no. the True. Um, like Battle of Helm's Deep sequences and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. His or, best line was when those 
when those worms came out of the ground and then you never saw them again yeah mind, <laughs> mind you yeah. and he's like oh come on <laughs> yeah that, these that giant like was airtight tremors style like earth worms just like burst out and made a hole in the ground it's like wait what are these things and then there were fucking bear men so it wasn't just a bear i looked into this after it wasn't just eagles dropping bears i thought it was just bears no an eagle dropped a hairy man who turned into a bear I don't. I don't just, remember the bear just, man from the. Maybe they're just like that's to just the special effects up. guys. Just like to just go to town. <laughs> and I was telling Mike, just like it felt like Peter Jackson was kind of just like over it. Well, it's like his. This movie was like his fucking thirty-year-old son in the in it's been in this basement for way too fucking long. It's just like okay, okay. Like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You. The Lord of the Rings trilogy was like amazing, and I thought it was a just a. Really, like I don't know I haven't read the book so I don't know like how well it captured the books or anything like that but just as like a like a movie trilogy franchise that like was really popular I thought it was it was great it was incredible and so with the with the Hobbit it's like first of all I think it's totally gross that they decided to do three of them yeah and it's just such an obvious cash grab like you said the everything that happened in the book happened within the first like ten minutes of the movie and then they just made up the rest that was so funny when. <laughs> When the dragon dies, spoiler alert, within the yeah. first like eight to ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then No, it was like a good half an hour, they, but it, it, they in terms sh- of the They showed what? the opening opening what the opening title. The, the opening title, which is the Battle of the Five Armies, and Evan just says the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it like the you know, like the, when Faye comes on the screen. It's like, well, yeah, that's it. The dragon's dead. Woo-hoo. Oh wait. The five armies still have to There's the definitely like some people who like take the liberty of just recutting the movie into like a two or three hour feature because that must you must be able to do that uh apparently there's a guy online who cut all three into a five hour supposedly amazing epic which sounds perfect because like it's not enough you couldn't do it in one movie i mean you could i I remember following it they had it one movie and then they expanded it to two and i was like okay okay and then when i saw three it's like no way. I, it's just a cash grab. And the bunny, the bunny, the bunny mushing bunnies, the bunny sled. Have you seen any of these? No, I have not. I so, think the second one is worth seeing. The second, the second one, that's one's the only cool. one I saw, and I actually really liked it. The second one's pretty. I didn't, cool. I didn't think it was like amazing or anything, but it was. You know, have you guys heard of a guy on YouTube called CGP Gray? No. This is this guy who about? does like um, just cool, like informative videos about like. You know how uh, how the stock market works, or like blah blah blah. He did a couple on the Lord of the Rings lore, and after having watched that, looking at the the Hobbit, it was kind of like a little more interesting. Like apparently, um, Gandalf and all the wizards are basically gods. Like they're immortal and they're like second tier gods. There's and there's I'm totally butchering this for uh, I feel like I shouldn't even talk about it because I feel like people are really invested in, in this stuff and I have no idea what I'm talking about. This but is then like Sauron is like one of the like the old like lords and just like seeing the different tiers, it's actually pretty cool. It's pretty cool how it works. But they didn't really get into that at all. I mean, it's the there, fucking Hobbit. It was a there was that one scene that perplexed me. I was so puzzled. I. Where they're all fighting with the nine ghost men, and it uh-huh. was like the making of S- Sauron. I well, sort of, they sort tried of. to make it a prequel and Legolas is yeah. So the apparently yeah. the nine the nine wraiths. So they made nine rings for the likes for, for like the, the kings the, of men, yeah. and so the the rings corrupted the men, 
and basically in, until they turned into just like shells of themselves, these rays in the in like the some nether world. And that's why in the Lord of the Rings, when Frodo puts on the ring, he's invisible to everybody else, but the wraiths can find him. Oh. So he's invisible to everybody else, but in the like the death world, he glows like a beacon, and that's how the wraiths. You know, can so every time him. he puts it on, it's like, oh, that's where the ring is. Exactly. He's going. He's not just that he's invisible, but mm-hmm. he's in that other other realm. And so that was kind of cool. But like, I don't get how they were fighting ghosts. They're like hitting these ghosts with sticks. And like, ah! Like, no, they can go through walls, but go through the <laughs> stick. Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And just like, and every like this, what three hours long? And so it would show like these dwarves and people battling and people you don't really give a shit about. And then every like 45 minutes, like it would just cut to Bilbo just like sitting in a corner like, hmm, um, yeah. Like he didn't do anything the whole fucking movie. One thing that I, I thought was I hilarious like tone. was, yeah. yeah. I, I like that actor a lot. But one thing that I thought was great was how old, much older Orlando Bloom is oh God, yeah. in, in the movies <laughs> and then how they tried to make him seem younger with CGI but he just looked very strange well, they just gave him blue eyes gave him blue eyes and like his skin was all like kind of morphed <laughs> he phoned it in man he phoned it in it's like or it's like how in the Star Wars prequels it's they're supposed to take place before the original trilogy and yet they all seem way more high tech like as if all the technology was way more advanced previously that's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah I don't know man fuck Fuck, movies suck. Who was movies that, who was that comic relief character you were talking about in The Hobbit? So I was thinking Jar Jar Binks the whole time you were talking. About you know what? He was like, he would have been a kind of like a a Jar Jar Binks had he been throughout the entire series. But it was just Billy Connolly as um, uh, the king, the dwarf king's cousin, cousin. who just like <laughs> yeah, who's just like they phoned him up somehow and was like, hey man, we're gonna like guard this horde, like better come on time. Oh, they came at the exact time as all all the other four armies. It was just like within ten minutes, just like oh another army, oh shit another army. Like, all right, they must okay. teach you that in film school, writing the like. The comedic relief analog in every film. Yeah. The Jar Jar Binks character, yeah. the Gimli character. Well, it's even through Shakespeare, like the whole, in Macbeth, the porter scene mm-hmm. where there's this drunk guy like pissing all over the gate, giving this drunken monologue. But see, that, that's great. That's like a, that's, that's comic theater. relief, you know, as opposed to just like comic like insistence or something that nobody fucking invited. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Or it's just like <laughs> comic <laughs> racism. Yeah, like, totally. Misa, your humble servant. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, these aren't Jamaicans at all. The Gungans and, with and, fucking dreads. And Watto is this like slimy Jewish guy. The Jewish guy. guy. And he, like, he, he, knows he, even, got the he even has a little hat. Yeah. And he's really stingy. Or what were the ones also in the prequels? The they were They were basically Chinese. Like in the like in the first scene of the first oh, movie, yeah, the, like, like the, the, the trade the, agreement. The viceroy. Like, oh, we were, we almost uh, battle in the in the sky. The royal viceroy. Oh God, they're so bad. It's so funny though. You know what? It just uh, I I felt very disillusioned sitting in the theater and watching those previews. I think the previews really got to me, and just they just hurt. What were the hurt. previews for? I don't know. I don't know. But just like you a lot of want like, to see Fast and Furious Seven. You know what? Purely <laughs> <laughs> because it hurts so bad. <laughs> so have you seen the trailer for Fast? Not Fast and the Furious Seven. Fast Seven. Have you seen the trailer oh, for it? Shit, that's even faster. Bunch I of cars. Seen any of the movies? Bunch of cars in a plane. And they're going like, all right, we're gonna capture this truck. And then they open the hatch bay of the plane. 
the cars fall out of the plane and they have special parachutes on the cars so they like launch the parachutes they land on a highway and then they've got like these gatling guns on the top of the cars that launch like spears into the truck and so they like like uh, pierce the truck and then put on their brakes and like open up the truck and they're like all right time for you to go save the girl this is all in the trailer and so like jeff walker like gets on top of the hood of the car and like jumps into the truck truck falls off like starts to fall off a cliff and he like runs up the top of the truck and then like jumps just as like whatever that token badass Spanish girl's name is like pulls a Yui right around and he like grabs onto the back of it total dribble but sounds, I imagine it'd be so amazing. awesome to watch really baked with 3D glasses <laughs> what is the conflict in that movie uh, I don't know they're fast <laughs> there's right. seven of them and they're fast it's like well, they're it has something to do with fighting like, against the sound barrier or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I never saw any of those movies. <laughs> you didn't uh, even see Tokyo Drift? Fuck. Come on, Drop man. the ball on that one. <laughs> you didn't even see the first one? No. Wasn't no. DMX or Ja Rule in one ja of them? Rule. Ja Rule. Ja Rule. That's even better. Yeah, he lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, always, yeah, the girl was like... It's all coming back. Yeah, he puts his just, hand on her face like... <laughs> Like Next about like a lethal win. like a lethal race where they're like racing and something know. to do with like undercover cops racing. It's basically just gear shift porn. Like the like the first one was like the camera would literally go through like the engine just like shoot out. Do you think do you know that Jason Statham does all his own driving stunts? Sure. Pretty bad. Do you know he's like ninety percent of the time on a phone walking away from an explosion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're probably just watching a lot of trailers. <laughs> no, I, no, maybe. Maybe. Do you think movies are getting worse? Is it hopeless? I don't know. Objectively, yes. But I've seen. You know, I haven't seen a lot of good movies lately. I haven't. I look. What's what I think about this issue is what is lacking is the, um, like middle of the road, uh, like Hollywood studio produced but like middle budget level so it's not like a pure independent movie that was made by like some dude that happened to get bought by a studio later he like like threw twelve hundred thousand dollars together made a movie it's like the you know ten million dollar movie like american beauty or something like right, that right, right. that's or like all of I, the movies that came out of in america like during the 70s like that kind of movie i actually looked into that one it's either, i was like what happened to the it's this like onslaught of independent movies that are just kind of forming this Look, sort of we're niche, different. sort of like niche market. The way like that almost kind of exists the way that yeah, totally. that always ex- like sort of exists the way that like theater does now. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like this niche market that some people go to every once in a while, or a bunch of people are just really into it. Yeah, but or, it's not niche anymore. People are actively looking for that indie movie feel, right. regardless of how much was actually spent on the movie. Right. I have something to ask you though. I was talking to Mike yesterday about this. Paul Thomas Anderson. You, Boogie Nights? That's your favorite movie? That's your favorite PTA movie, Boogie Nights? Witness? Yeah. Fuck you. Why? It sucked. What? I don't know. I just really didn't like it. The, the like, opulent, like, oh, we're being so cool with these, like, really cool tracking shots. Oh, look at that guy doing cocaine. So cool. No? No? Period piece. You need to watch it again. <laughs> I, I just that didn't. Is, <laughs> you missed that. When did you watch it? I don't know. <laughs> What about know. when Mark Marky Mark takes out his giant <laughs> cock at the end? That's like <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. Come on, or uh, Alfred Molina's scene where he's like lighting up firecrackers in his room, or or the the whole scene with see, Burt Reynolds here, here's and, what I'm saying. Here's what and, I'm and saying. Heather Graham but when they're like driving around, they're like like basically like 
uh, do giving you this like uh, prediction of like bang bus. I guess you're kind of actually perfectly describing what I don't what like foresight. about this movie, which is just like a collection of like cool scenes. You know? No, no. Well, okay. More than that, it's about the like journey of Mark Marky Mark's character and how right. in the beginning he's this innocent guy who's just like, and then he gets involved in this thing and he sort of finds this replacement family hmm. and hmm. he like finds the love of this older uh, Burt Reynolds' wife who like wants to be his mother and then and then he gets way more fucked up and and the uh, whole, all the Dirk Diggler actual scenes are fucking just hilarious. Like, like, you know, if you got a big dick here and for a lot of trouble, I don't know. No, I. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's a really funny, entertaining movie with lots of great acting, and maybe I should rewatch maybe, it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't have the most like. There will be blood, the master. I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of to me, it's dumb to say like, "Oh, Boogie Nights is my favorite PTA movie" because like, I love all of his movies, and okay. they're all so okay. different. Okay. That all I don't right. know. I just I think I say that it's like I don't think Boogie Nights is his best movie necessarily it's right. just my favorite i've had the most enjoyable time okay that's totally fair that that's totally fair that's totally does that make fair. sense yes it does make sense it does make sense this is too close <laughs> it also makes sense that that uh what was that movie that you showed us when you first moved in wet hot american summer wet hot american summer <laughs> we've talked about this before on the show oh okay well we won't talk about it again to save you from further well, embarrassment yeah that was that well that was such an interesting case of like because I watched that movie with Jake, my friend, and we Have literally... you ever watched a movie with Jake? No. This is like... Well, we watched, we watched um, uh, the space movie together. The space movie? Uh, There's a lot of those. The, the space movie? The big movie? Matthew McConaughey. Oh! Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake was yeah. right? Damn. Um, but uh, I, I watched it, Wet Hot American Summer with him, and we just like were laughing all the way through. And I watched it with you guys, and it was just like crickets. And I, I had just moved in, and I was like, "We have to watch this movie. You guys will love it." And they both totally thought it was the dumbest, we had to dumbest turn thing it off ever. They actually turned through. it off halfway through. I don't and think I was we so, ever turned off a film in the middle again. I was so <laughs> confident Rough. that you guys would love this movie that I was literally like. If you guys don't like this movie, I will never suggest another movie <laughs> ever again. And you haven't. And I have. They've let no, me know. since then. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's just that I was talking about this on the other one with the show with Rowan about how I don't. A lot of times I don't like watching movies with people at all. <laughs> Except it's worse when I'm like watching it with somebody and I've seen the movie before and I'm trying to like, like it's in this movie that I really like. Yeah. And I'm always like trying to enjoy the movie but also like gauging their mm -hmm, reaction mm -hmm, to it mm -hmm. if you if you both haven't seen it, it doesn't really matter that much i guess but unless i'm like with my mom and it's a really awkward movie with lots of well <laughs> like lesbian sex scenes and stuff i like i watched i mean it wasn't the worst movie to watch with her but i watched have you guys seen her no okay i, I saw it oh yeah so with, there's with the long the, it's fucked okay within the first like 20 minutes there's this scene where do you know the you know the premise of it right no okay so the premise is in this uh not too distant future um uh there's this operating system everybody's got little earpieces in their ear uh they're basically their digital assistants so um there's this new operating system that says okay this is going to be a learning assistant so instead of just being like write email text this person you have conversations be like hey so what's on my calendar today and then, like a real voice comes in and they have personalities and blah 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 but um earlier in the film before this operating system is created there's kind of like um you know those like 1-800 quest commercials you'd see like hundreds of singles waiting in your area to talk now 
it's kind of like that, but it's keyed into the internet. So he's just lying in his bed. He keys in. He's just like, there are 2,000 people in your area. And it's just like, hey, I'm really lonely. Do you want to talk right now? And so he keys in. And they basically have, like, phone sex in their earpieces. But, like, really graphic, just, like, focused in on Joaquin Phoenix's face as they're, like... That was actually one of the funnier scenes in the yeah. movie. The girls talk on the other end is talking about, like, oh, yeah, tell me. You're hitting me with a cat. You're hitting me with a dead <laughs> cat. And... I'm just yeah. sitting there in the theater with my mom, just like. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think I can watch any fucking movies with my parents. Just, just, just no. Anything sexual just gets me. I mean, I'm a bit. I don't know. It's a little. So, awkward. I, I will, it's awkward. Yeah, it is. But you know what? At the same time, it's like if you really want to think about it, the only reason that you exist and can have any kind of you know presence in the world is because your parents fucked one time, at least once. Your dad nutted in your mom. <laughs> and maybe, here you are. Maybe that's what's so awkward about it. I guess. I guess. You know what? I know people who have, like, um, uh, Elise, for example. She, like, w- I went over to her house for dinner a couple times, and they're, like, talking about blowjobs at the, <laughs> at the fucking dinner table. It's the Quebecois. It's the Quebecois. <laughs> I think it's the, like, the, the French libertarianism or something. But, like, they're just like, yeah, talking about blowjobs. It's like, I... Ugh. <sighs> My mom says the word blowjob and I puke in my suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's the thing. And you know what? Hopefully they do it. Hopefully they're... Somebody cut me off here. Um, we were talking about Burning Man earlier. Yeah. Have you I, been? I have not been. I was wondering what what is the musical aspect of it because it's often played down people are like as soon as you bring up burning man people are like you know it's not a music festival it's like a total it's like a festival of everything yeah Yeah, it's just art festival but what is the musical aspect of it there's there's a lot of different stages so like people have you been to burning i have not been to burning man i've got friends who have gone a couple times um and so the idea is that like it's kind of bring your own so you bring your own stage perhaps you're a musical artist you can bring your own stage and you just do it and people can come or whatever whatever i think there's sponsored ones as well where like last year there there was a big hubbub multi-million dollar stages there totally and i think last year people freaked out exactly and people got so pissed off about it like people were up in arms because he played i think it was about turn down for what he played fucking turn down for what at burning man which is supposed to be this like anti-consumerism just like you know free love kind of <laughs> let's look at pretty lights and together and, and he's just like is, playing this like fucking little john track and it was like what the fuck is this it's, like it's this not is, even really a little john track he doesn't even have a verse on it it's doesn't just, he just the go, same Turn down for what? but isn't that the spirit of burning man just to do whatever the fuck you want i guess but people got pissed off about it and i mean i guess i understand but that's like Maybe people are just but is yeah I mean confused I, about what yeah, it's like, supposed to like be about. The, if you don't just go to another stage, I guess I guess I guess <laughs> people were like this is mu- not it's not like you're running out of things man. to do. It's not yeah. like there's one stage and then Skrillex Skrillex is is <laughs> yeah. dominating it with his little John yeah. track. Wasn't he driving around in an art car? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, did you see the, Did you the, see him while you were there? He had actually one of the coolest stages with Diplo. And cool. the stage drives by you. <laughs> so you have to follow it. If you want to dance to it, you have to like walk. Yeah, you gotta with run it. along. Sometimes it stops. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You. I mean, don't ask me. What was the music like there? Um. Apparently, people are a bit pissed that it's turned into a big EDM festival. Right. Hmm. And 
There's not enough it's not, circles. It's not supposed to be a venue, so they don't announce who's going to be there. Right. Or else people start selling tickets mm-hmm. like it's a show. Okay. And it affects scalping and stuff like that. I see. Um, but music is a big deal, and what I will forever remember will be my time at the stages. Who did you see? Uh, you know why it wasn't even like big name Skrillex, Diplo. Just some uh, good solid artists. The probably the best people I saw were were uh, Gaslamp Killer, his nice. set, and Rob Garza from Thievery Corporations, like six hour morning set. Uh, intense. I love morning uh, sets. Yeah, that was dope. Jesus. Huh. Do you want to go to Shambhala again this year? Perhaps. If I go to any festival again, we need to get crews involved. Oh, yeah, of course. No, I mean, the, the Andy, regular crew. Elise. Elise is not going to go to a fucking music festival. She like music. Corinne. Corinne, <laughs> well, no, Corinne she would music, go. But Corinne and Arthur. Maybe, maybe, maybe so I'm just throwing fun. her under the bus. Hey. So hey. fun. Maybe she will. Um, that was the highlight of Burning Man for you, the music? I thought... I, I went in thinking about, like, transcendence. Before you open that beer, though, Arseny, do it real close to that mic. It sounds so good. But coming out of there... What do you mean, it, what do you mean thinking about transcendence? Yeah, people go there and think they will be changed. Like, it's going to be a, like a landmark, desert and yeah. a landmark, like, life-changing moment yeah, in my sure. life. Yeah, sure. I, I just thought it was... A really big party, probably right. the greatest party I've ever been. <laughs> that's, to. that's that's what I would. That's, that's what I imagine. That's, that's all. Yeah. Usually, the life changing moments are just like in your living room. <laughs> psychedelics <laughs> probably still involved, but yeah. it doesn't really matter where if you're on the right amount of psychedelics, because you can be fucking anywhere. Yeah. What did you I'd take? I love, love to go back, but again, uh, cruise. I so mean, yeah, what like if we had someone wondering what you took? If this was a camp, right? What, what did you take and like how what's the drug sitch like because I know what, what's different about Burning Man um, the only real like big festival that I've been to is Shambhala many times and they have the like no alcohol policy which I found to be really refreshing mm. I mean everybody yeah. snuck it in and, and they drink make anyway you do way more drugs though no exactly but what's funny is that like you're on the dance floor everybody's tripping balls on whatever fucking research chemicals they decided to bring and then the one drunk dude is the one who stands out you know because it's like you know, every, what the fuck is wrong with you, buddy? Yeah, like, what are you doing, fine. dude? Why are you why are you so aggressive? That's brilliant. Whereas Burning Man, the alcohol is encouraged, right? Everybody brings like flats of whiskey. You know what? My experience was I showed up with uh, like 90, 120 beers. Okay. And I just left my camp in the morning with my backpack full. Yeah. I give them away, drink them. And but I mean, what there, drugs? Was, there was a huge law enforcement presence there right it, it's kind of like just oh, talk really? a little bit bring it, the mic a little it, closer it, to you well, it, they so. kind of did a thing where uh the the old foucault effect where they make you police yourselves just okay. by putting stories into into the ether about like undercover cops and stuff right so but but oh, drugs what about drugs you just buy them from random people no but there's i no never i never bought right? anything i never did you do drugs I I found some toward the end of the festival, but we're talking like day six, day seven. Wow, well, there was really nothing. But you want to conserve your energy, right? I mean, well, <laughs> you gotta pace yourself. Yeah. How or long is the festival? A week long or longer? Uh, with the packing in and packing out days, nine days. 
Holy wow. shit. That's a... Yeah, you know what? Track. Something that surprised me too, hearing hearing my, my friends, you know, we would go to Shambhala and just like, there wasn't a, a second that we were sober. You know, you'd wake up and do ketamine on the beach to like bring you into the <laughs> evening. But what I heard about Burning Man is like, they actually spent a lot of time just being completely sober. And apparently it's just such a crazy place that you don't really need drugs. Oh, yeah. The, the party I, I is was, the trip. I was mostly sober. That's really Usually, cool. I, I use the beer for energy, actually. I, <laughs> well, by day five, I just stopped eating. I just didn't need to. <laughs> I'm so full. So much, so much sunlight, so much yeah. vitamin D. Well, no, you're probably not absorbing any nutrients with all the dust in your fucking lower intestine. Yeah, that, I don't know. That I don't dust. know. I'd love to go again, but no, not this year. I definitely maybe have to, right. five years, maybe. Sure, I'd love sure. to go with this guy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to go. Yeah, I just within, want to go once. within the next like. Before I'm 30, I definitely have to go. His mother went, and my mom he hasn't went. gone. Whoa. My mom went. Shameful. Well, Andy. my uncle was a burner for a while. He okay. would go consecutive he went years. With his her he, brother. Yeah, yeah. So okay. he had a, he had a whole crew that would go every year, and they're like, you know, in their 40s. They didn't really drink or do any drugs at all. They would just go and enjoy the festival, and they were they just That's like awesome. love to party and like wear crazy costumes and like dance and just have a crazy time. That's cool. So you had an RV there, correct? They call that rock starring it. Yeah. Most people are in yurts. <laughs> oh, man. Hoping that the tent will still be there after, after a dust, dust storm. storm. <laughs> Some people just camp out in the orgy tent the whole time. Orgy dome. The orgy dome. There is an orgy dome? Multiple domes. <laughs> Multiple or Did you go into an orgy dome? You have to show up with something to offer. You have to show up with an, a body. What, well, like, like your, your own? own body? <laughs> yeah, not good you enough. Just clutch you your balls to... and walk in. Yeah. Here's my here's my <laughs> gift. No, you got to show up with the, you, with your girlfriend off or something like that. Wait, you uh, offer uh, off your girlfriend? It's an Here orgy. You go. Well, I guess. I... Well, yeah, you know what? Alex of... and Vanessa they offered to like drop me, like get me in, <laughs> like smuggle me in, drop me off, like <laughs> go for a drink and leave. Yeah, yeah. You can well, go in as three. Okay, okay, but you didn't do it. Three's a crowd. No. no, three can be very fun. But, um, yeah, something that I've heard uh, like or lo- looked into, um, swingers clubs, they, that's kind of like the policy. is like They'll have specific nights, like one night a month, where like single guys are welcome. But every other time, it's like single girls, cool. Couple, cool. Mm-hmm. Single dudes, no. Yeah. Because like if you allow single dudes in that. all the time, well yeah, it would just be you all just have like a dudes. lineup of thirty dudes just like hey, yeah. I'm here for the OG, <laughs> <laughs> and so like I'm here for the uh, like, gangbang. Yeah, you got like some nice forty year old like ladies and gentlemen just like fucking each other, and then like a bunch of dudes just standing around like, <laughs> may I have this dance? <laughs> it's just, it's just like a whole other dimension of the like going to a party and feeling like you're an outsider. Not really yeah. knowing anybody. Yeah. And just standing Andy, in the corner. Andy's standing in the corner of the orgy dome. <laughs> so, um. Just like giggling. Yeah, there's no corner. What do you think about Proust? Hmm? <laughs> Proust loved to have sex. <laughs> Is it true that he only had one one book? Uh, well, it's like. It was a big one. It's, a, it's like seven books all in one sort of series. And it's one of those one of those like opuses that nobody's really read. Hmm. Um, you guys seen the but, uh, Monty Python summarizing Proust? No. <laughs> what is that? These guys 
have to summarize Proust in like seven seconds. <laughs> and one guy tries to do it by singing, another guy tries to do it by anyway, it's hilarious. I can't I can't translate this. See, yeah, right that's now. the thing. I, I don't actually know anything about Proust, so except for that, you know, he's some It's it's one movie. of the like giants of modern literature. Like it's Joyce's like James Joyce. Joyce's yeah. Ulysses or um, What's the Proust book called? In search of search there's of multiple translations. In search of lost time or uh, um, something about it's, yeah, in search of lost time or uh, that's the only translation. There's, there's another one. Um, uh, in search of lost time or uh, the past remembered or some shit like that. It's mm. all about it's all about like his life and like him remembering. But it's very like stream of consciousness and like very strange. Have you read it? I haven't read it, but I've. I, I, I studied literature in. <laughs> in seven I've, I've summarized it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I studied literature in no. school, so I was really into uh, like these ideas of like this is the greatest literature of all time or something. So I never read really any of James Joyce's books, but yeah. I read a lot of like you read about it. A lot it's of critics' notes. opinions yeah. about it. Like, I, I, Nabokov has a great top five list of of um, like modern classics, and he's like Joyce's Ulysses, Kafka's Transformation. Uh, and he says his line about Proust is the first half of Proust's fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> did he include his own Lolita? No, no, he did not. Yeah. But um, did you ever finish Infinite Jest? Fuck no! Oh. I read like the first ten pages of it. <laughs> Do you know that Arthur's reading it? Is he reading it in spite? <laughs> I, I don't think so. But <laughs> I haven't checked in in a while. But he's not he's, a spiteful dude. He's probably just. But, re- that is like the ongoing joke. But I remember, I remember when I bought that Someone book, and I was, I was, I was, I was, I was reading has it. To finish it. I was, I was, I was reading it, and then you picked it up and you read a few pages of it, and we were, we both had the same thoughts about it. We're like, this is amazing. We were gonna race to finish. We we're it. gonna race, to, and you were like, I will buy you a bottle of expensive scotch if you finish this book. I work <laughs> and, on a system of stick cans. And, and we were, we were both, we both read like the first. I read the first like 10 or 20 pages of it or something and it was like this is incredible and then it was just you read those, those that like thin sliver of the book and then you have are holding in your hand this other brick and it's just so heavy it's daunting that it it, it stopped me dense. it stopped me funny. from from reading it it's like a like a big book and it's like dense it, and it's like over a thousand pages and then and then the With print, the, the, and then the printing, oh and then the print is so small. <laughs> I think the only way you can clear it, learn how to speed read, is to speed read it. Yeah, really? Is that a thing? You yeah, can spend it's a like thing. three is months it, isn't of your it just life like reading skimming? it. No, apparently there's methods that like you can train your eye to not focus. First, you have it's to you get ri- yeah, get rid of the voice in your head that reads uh. along with the words. And then you have to basically, apparently some people who do it can see a page or both pages of an open book and just like, like take that in. But I feel like there's a little bit of it's like some Asperger's well, autism. It was, yeah. whenever, I was in a, whenever I was in a philosophy class in university, I, I would have to read these, these dense philosophical um, papers that are, you know, usually not super long. Like it might be like 50 or 100 pages, but it's just so dense and just like, abstract and complex that I, I just get really confused easily but I, I either figured this out or somebody told me like if you just read it all the way through and the parts that you understand oh here we go 
And so that's what happened after I got crabs the third time. Whoa. It happens. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But anyway, what I was saying is the um, the parts that you read, just read it all the way through. And if you don't understand something, just read on. And the parts that you actually understand, that's actually the point of the of the paper. That's the gist of it. And a lot of times it shows up in the first like opening paragraphs and then the, in the end. So that's how I would sort of wrap my head around it. And you only have like, you know, a couple of days to read it before your class just moves on. Mm. So speed reading an article is a lot different than speed reading a book. You, you guys heard of something you... called Spreed? Go on. So it's this app that you can get either for your phone or a program on your computer. And it's really fucking cool. Uh, unfortunately, like when I was in school, the, those fuckers, they don't, they give you it all in like, um, in this strange form of PDF that doesn't allow you to copy text because obviously they don't want you copying the text and just selling it or giving it away for free because there's money to be made. But so I couldn't do it for school, but for books and stuff, if you can get a, if you can get a digital copy of it, you put it in and it gives you, it flashes one word on the screen at a time, but like, so it'll show you like, you know, just one word, dong, 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 and then it'll get to the speed where it's like literally just like all those words are coming up, but you're totally able to, your mind can handle it. It's just like these, the, the okay. habit that, okay. that has been in your head since you were six years old learning how to read, like one word to the next and you're reading it in your own head, but no, it just flashes like total yeah. rapid fire into the screen and you totally take it all in. Is it's you on the bus. You just, yeah, totally. Just, this is great. It's, and it's super like a, cool. It's like, a, uh, like just you have to sort of change the way that your mind is taking in the information, I guess. Because yeah. when it's I read a like book, actively it's, it's, pulling it's always like it's always like I'm reading it out loud to myself. I'm yeah. just not saying anything. Exactly. But yeah. I, 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 I just suck at reading. I think because huh. like I'll read you know a page from a book and then get to the end. I'm just like. I didn't take any of that in at yeah, all. Yeah, no, I think everybody has I that. don't know what just happened. Yeah, Sometimes I'm reading and I'm thinking that. about different things. Exactly. But yeah, your you eyes are still like going pages. through yeah. the motions. Yeah. 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 This, yeah. This is the same thing that happens Like even when I'm having a conversation with somebody, unfortunately. I'm just like, somebody's talking. It's usually when somebody's like doing the talk at you kind of thing. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 wait, oh, sorry, what? Mom? <laughs> I, like you just have your own thought and then you realize the other person is still talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I tried... Uh, Ebooks and books on what do you call the other ones? Books on tape. Books on tape. Audiobooks. Audiobooks. I still go back to the book. Yeah. yeah. So, an audiobook is really cool when you're driving it's or a, something like that. Uh, there's a sense of peace to reading a book. Um, uh, what you're talking about with speed reading, I think it's 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 just obtaining data. Yeah. And I'm yeah. best able to obtain data just reading from yeah. a book. I like I like how you're, are, are, I like your point about how a lot of people um, try to set up themselves set themselves up and like have music on or some other stimuli that is like helping them like get through it or something like that. But it's like no, in order to like either study or write, you just have to have your study first yeah. of all, and then just sit in silence with the material. I find the the best way for me to read is and just that's, anywhere totally but my that. bed. As long as I'm not in my bed. I'm I'm game. I love lying on a couch. Totally. And I, and our the couch at our house is just a two seater, so it's it's I can't like lie comfortably on it. <laughs> so <laughs> I told Mike the story, but I feel like this is an amazing story for the podcast. Um, you woke up on your on your couch 
oh, on God. Tuesday morning. Andy didn't tell me the story. I, know. I didn't bring it up because you, I was you, so traumatized. Are you embarrassed? Traumatized? I just, I just haven't figured out how to relay this story. So I think this may be the perfect time. <laughs> and I guess I was sort of unconsciously maybe saving it for the podcast. <laughs> but oh my God. <laughs> Like okay. pretext, pretext. Do the whole, do the whole shebang. Okay, so Monday night we have our uh, "You're So Baby" Mondays at Blizzards. Go back two Mondays, not exactly, not one. Okay, no, no, I know. So, <laughs> so the first Monday, um, it's it's dead of winter. It's like minus twenty outside. Nobody's coming. There's like a fire up the street. There's all these fire trucks around. <laughs> yeah, they blocked nobody's, off the road. They blocked off the road. <laughs> nobody's like, nobody's dead, even the road's walking fucking by. Blocked off. <laughs> And um, this this girl comes in and she's looking for her Opus card that she thinks she left at the bar. And Evan is like, takes a look for the Opus card. We don't know. We don't have the Opus card, but uh, stay for a drink. Like the bar, the bar is empty. Have a shot. And so she, we have a shot together. And then she ends up staying for a beer. And then we just end up keeping on drinking and drinking and drinking, just hanging out and talking. She's a cool, nice person. Great, great conversation. Blah blah blah. And then uh, at the end of the night. Um, basically we're you know it's like one or two in the morning Evan's like yeah nobody else is coming in let's close the bar but let's go back to my house for some wine and we're like okay cool wine (laughs) let's go and it's that sort of like bad decision making mindset anyway I go back to Evan's place and the girl comes with us and we're we're pretty we're pretty drunk but like still sort of I'm fucking wasted pretty wasted I guess (laughs) and and uh, I I wasn't sure exactly how the night was going to go but I got to a certain point because uh, Evan's roommate came home, uh, Josh, and um, I was started talking with him about baseball, <laughs> and uh, I heard in, in my peripheral aud- auditory <laughs> input field, uh, field <laughs> Evan being like to the girl, I don't know what they're talking about, and she's like, Yeah, me neither. Ha ha. And, and Evan's like, You want to go outside for a cigarette? And she's like, Yeah. And so they go outside, and I hear this in my auditory periphery, and I'm just like, It's done. It's done, and, and then and then I see them come in out of the corner of my eye, and they both just run downstairs to Evan's room. I'm like, okay, bye, Evan. <laughs> and uh, so then I just ended up talking to Josh, and Josh was also like really, really drunk. He doesn't, doesn't even remember, he doesn't remember talking even to me. Talk- I remember talking to him. <laughs> you were over, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so so then the next the the following Monday, a couple of days ago, a couple of days ago, um. <laughs> She she comes in with her friends and, and preface. I got a message on Facebook. You're so baby question mark. I'm like ah uh, I just didn't answer because I within the span of the week I had resolved that I'm gonna just kind of be seeing this one girl. Don't yeah. want I don't want yeah I'm not gonna go outside of that and blah 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 blah. Anyway, so I didn't respond to her. I told Andrew at the bar I was like yeah this girl messaged me like I. I mean, she's like the only person who gives a shit about this night. So like, I, I didn't say no, but like, I didn't message, I didn't message her back. And Andrew was like, "Oh yeah, she messaged me too. I told her to come." I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> so go on. So wait, context, context. Valentine's Day passes. Andy's like, I really want to find the girl for me. <laughs> and there's some melancholy every February 14th. And he's at least two instances cursing Evan, being like, can't believe Evan got with the Opus card girl. 
guess that's her name now. The <laughs> open scar girl. And, and so, <laughs> so another Monday rolls around. So another Monday rolls around. Um, I'm like. Uh, honestly like totally over the opus card girl like she's showing up again she seems really like eager to hang out which kind of is a sign that you don't really have a, a lot going on in your life if you're if you're making a point to come to our <laughs> night as bad as that sounds because like well of course i want people hey, to come man. to our hey. night you know <laughs> don't denigrate the i'm not denigrating baby. it but that's just that's just the way it made me feel so so <laughs> she comes and she brings a couple of her her friends and her friends are kind of interesting people and they, one of them you thought was very nice. One of them was very nice and like, oh, it was such a, oh God, this is such a, girl? such a bizarre, bizarre night. No, other girl. There's Passport yeah. Girl, Opus Card Girl, and then Andrew Makeout Girl. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm DJing and, and okay, so the Opus Card Girl shows up and she's in like, I want to get laid tonight mode. Yeah. She's like wearing her like crop top, crop top yeah. shirt with no bra and she's just like being super flirty <sighs> and uh, I'm just... Her friend was also like really kind of like said a lot of weird things. She's like, I'm having a really weird day. And I'm like, why? What's going on? She's like, I don't even know. It's just one of those days. I'm just like feeling weird. It's like, all right. Um, but you know, as the alcohol enters your bloodstream, you just start getting more like, well, oh, this is Making out is kind of fun. And then we just start like dancing. And it's just like, oh, let's kiss, blah, blah, blah. And we like make out a little bit and blah, blah, blah. In and the then, booth? No, yeah, on, the on the floor. On the dance floor. And then being a DJ isn't necessarily always having and then I can, hands on I can, the vinyl, you know. I can you sense press play sometimes. Well, this it, it, nobody's vinyl. there. Like, <laughs> yeah. put on mix, make um, some checks. Yeah. And I, I can see Evan's discomfort uh -huh. with with this girl <laughs> who's going after him. And eventually, she just walks up to him and sort of corners him and just sort of like purses her lips. Yeah. And Evan's just like, ugh, fine. And he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> just like goes uh. into it and. <laughs> The night continues, and eventually we're like, all of all of her friends were just so so drunk, and like yeah. we're not we were too. We were very much as well. That's the only way we. You're saying we? I was not that drunk. Not at all. I mean, I was. I, my baseline is drunk. Well, that's kind of how okay, I wake I, up. I, I was, but. but so anyway, they sort of like enough enough to like tolerate this sure, madness. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And eventually we start. We leave and. Evan closes up the bar and we're all sort of walking home and the, the one girl that I was sort of not interested in but like oh she seemed like actually like a, like a decent person she's like I have school tomorrow I'm going to bed bye and then her other friend just like wandered off she into the night she went somewhere and <laughs> left her passport at the bar oh god <laughs> and then uh Arsene you want to put the mic stand down a bit all I see is a black circle that's my face well <laughs> okay <laughs> uh for anybody listening Arsenio is black as night <laughs> and, okay and then and then so i'm i'm walking home with evan and Russian. and the opus and the opus card girl and the opus card girl is so drunk like i'm really drunk yeah but it's it's if you're no matter how drunk you are if you're with someone who's drunker than you it makes you feel really sober it's, uh, I beg to differ, but okay. In this you, know, you know what I, I mean, though. I know you what you're you have like, yeah, this yeah. presence of mind, and you're kind of not so crazy. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Evan is very much like, I'm going the fuck home. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> now, I have to walk another street north with this girl who... Oh, I'm sorry. And now, now I, I, I've, I've thought about this a lot in my mind, and okay. I, I blame... I, fully blame myself okay. for the events that follow okay. 100%. Okay. I'm 100%. Okay. Cuz I felt kind of bad about it. No, no, no. Okay. 
I, everything is your fault? It's no, <laughs> but I blame myself. Okay. So I'm I'm walking up to the, the street that, and she's she, this girl shares a street with, with yeah, us. We're, we're basically, basically neighbors. neighbors. She oh. just lives further west she on is? Villeneuve. Okay. And so, well, that might be too much information. Yeah, that's get. Don't get too close here. We have stalkers. Um, People want to know where we live. Anyway, uh, so I'm I'm walking. I'm like, what do I do? And part of my mind still kind of wants to get laid. Duh. You know. And duh. And it's evolution. But like man. the other part of my mind is like, this girl <laughs> is, is is so drunk, and I'm like, so. Uh, <laughs> Like, th- this is the moment where you make the grown-up decision. The grown-up decision is to walk this girl and make sure she just gets home, and uh-huh. then you go home and go to bed. That's the grown-up decision. Instead, I don't make a decision, but we pass my house, and then she just proceeds to walk up. A gr- okay, granted, I just said, this is, this is my house, <laughs> okay. which I guess I shouldn't have said. But, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, she, proceeds, she, she just, she just <laughs> marches up the stairs, and I, I swear, she just goes up the stairs, and I'm like, okay... You're clearly very intoxicated. I'll give you a place to sleep uh-huh. and just whatever we'll make out. I don't care. I'm not having sex with you. But you so said that or this is you I didn't say that. This is just my this, this is, is my internal monologue. Maybe I, you should have said I, it. Just like open the door for her. Yeah. Anyway, milady. <laughs> anyway, she. <laughs> Walk on my cousin. This this sounds like I'm making it up. This sounds like I'm making it up, and I I totally I understand anybody who doesn't believe me right now. But she comes into my room and essentially just starts taking her clothes off. Like, takes her, her shirt off and everything and just, like, getting naked. And I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then, like, my baser side is just kind of like, ah, cool, let's just make out or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, granted, make it I am pretty drunk. Yes, I did. Okay. Did you get a That's your baser yeah. side? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, she's... She touched your boner? In my bed, yes. And I'm like, ugh, we're making out and this is getting, uh, getting kind of dirty. And I'm just like, oh, no. And I, but I'm just like no no no. My grown up side was like I'm not I'm not having sex. This is too. This is you're too drunk. This you're this is like rape. good for you. This man. is like rapey drunk. If good I have sex you. with you, I would feel really immoral. So I was like, I, I actually what was playing into my mind having her come over is like maybe we'll have sex in the morning because <laughs> we'll both be sober, right? And okay, then it that's won't honest. Be, you know, fair game. Yeah, yeah totally. cool. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so we proceed to like. It's just sort of uh, like dry hump and make out and all of this. And then eventually I'm just like, I, I'm not having sex with you. You're too drunk. I'll have sex with you in the morning. And she's like, okay, fine. And then we go to, <laughs> she, okay, fine. And then, like, <laughs> and then sort of cuddles up and then we go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning. With, she's still there? Oh, she's still there. <laughs> she's there. <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I feel like just this moist sensation all around me something that i haven't felt since like a very very young age and i i I sort of sit up and i'm like and there's there's a very distinct puddle around around me in my bed and i'm just like i know that this looks bad but maybe i just spilt water while i was really drunk and i don't remember in either in any event i'm just half awake at this point i'm gonna go sleep on the couch and then Oh God! It's like the most horrifying series of events. Like I'm just I, I, I take my blanket and I go and like lie down on my love seat. You took the blanket off of her. No, no, no! I got a different okay. blanket. And, <laughs> Smart bitch. And Did you think it was you? Did what? Do you think it was you? Oh God, no! Maybe okay. it was you. It definitely no. Okay, okay. I no. I'm positive. Okay. Okay. And uh, I just wake up in the morning and I. So I, that was at about seven a.m. So I go in and about nine a.m. 
I sort of hear her wake up and she's like, I hear her like patting the bed. Oh no. And I'm oh, like, no. Oh no. Hey, are you awake? And she's like, uh, yeah. And I sort of get up and walk around and I'm just like, Hey, uh, so, what is, what is that? Oh no, no. <laughs> wow. Wow. No. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm just kind of like, um, I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, like whatever. What can you say? It, yeah. it happens. Uh, whatever. And then I I go back and lie down on the couch, and she like comes sort of to the couch. Oh no! And so we're just lying on the couch, and we end up actually having sex on the couch. After oh, the fact. okay. See, yeah, I I was totally like grilling you over text. Like you just never gave me a straight answer. Yeah, you were just so vague about it. I knew I would tell you. I I, I was still in the midst of it. <laughs> okay. I still hadn't processed it right, right, for right, myself right. yet. I just still don't really think I have. Does this story have a happy ending? Though? And no. Well, they had sex. Well, yeah, there was that. And then <laughs> and then she gets up and she's like, I feel so sad. I'm so embarrassed. I feel so bad, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's okay. And then, and then at a certain point, I was kind of like... Like if this happened to me, like if I went to somebody somebody's house and I was drunk enough to piss in their bed, <laughs> I would wake I mean, up. You actually said it. See, it was all just kind of an illusion to that. I would wake Thank up in the morning, see that I had pissed in my own bed or, or another person's <laughs> bed. And I would run the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. If this was my relationship, I'd only met her like yeah, once yeah. and we didn't yeah. really know each other. I'd be like, holy fuck, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. I was blown away by how she just <laughs> stuck around and just like hung out and like. That's true confidence right there. I don't yeah, know. She, wow. she, she, I piss in your bed and I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yo, she, didn't, a, a piss, she didn't even she didn't not give a, a shit. shit. She felt really... She, she's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. She apparently invited them both over and then, for dinner. And oh, then, no. yeah. And so, so then, so then she, pissing in the bed. She, <laughs> she leaves. <laughs> I like this girl. Yeah, she's, she's got class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's not, a bad, it's, not a, it's not a bad reaction, but I'm just like so... That's awkward no matter what. I'm just like... I'm, I think I'm a pretty forgiving, open, understanding person. Oh, but if you piss in my bed, it's kind of you. You, you blew it uh, <laughs> at this stage in the relationship. Cross the line. If I yeah. if like we're dating and you piss in my bed, whatever. But if I, I'm just getting to know you and you just piss in my bed, I can't. I can't look at you the same way. Was that the first time it happened to her? Or is she just kind of. Uh, well, not according to her. Apparently, it's never happened. Look away. Never happened before. Um, so go uh, on. So so yeah. Then then it's like she's like yeah. If you want to come over, for, I'll cook you dinner tonight to like make up for it. And I'm like I can't. I have a I have a, on your I have a, I have a late <laughs> I have a late rehearsal, which was true. I you know. And then she like invited you over as well. Okay, so get this. She, <laughs> her friend left her passport at work, and so she came over while I was at work today. She came to pick up her friend's passport. Oh no! Yeah. You saw her again? Oh man! Well, yeah. So I perfectly timed it so that, like, as soon I knew that she was coming. Josh and I were at the bar. We're dealing with some audio shit. We had to like exchange a mixer, blah 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 blah. So like, part of me was like, hmm, what's better, her coming in and like Josh being there, and like that's kind of like the the stifle, you know? Like right. we can't talk because she she texted me. She's like, hey, or she called me. I didn't answer because fuck that. And then she texted me like, "Hey, uh, give me a call when you get this. Just want to talk about something." I about hate last those night. texts. I'm like, well, it, hey, if it, can't you just text about it? She's like, "No, I'd rather talk about it in person. That's just who I am. It's not a big deal. I just need to talk face to face." Like, well, I'm really busy for the next two weeks. We can meet uh, two weeks, two weeks from Sunday, or a week and a half, or a week from Sunday at 8 p.m. If you want. 
And she's like, well, are you going to be at work tomorrow? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> so come by in the afternoon if you want to pick up your friend's passport. So she came by, timed it perfectly. So I, I went outside to have a cigarette so she didn't have to come in. And so I was like, hey, do you want a cigarette? Yeah. So I was like, so what's up? She's like, oh, nothing. You know, I've just been drinking a lot and not remembering a lot of things. So like, it's not a big deal. I just didn't want to be complicated or confusing. I'm like, well, there's nothing complicated here at all. I'm not confused. Yeah, like from it, your perspective, nothing happened. Yeah. For my, just, she just got drunk. Yeah, but I was so waiting for her to mention the pee. I didn't want to bring it up, but like I was just waiting. I was waiting. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a fucking asshole, I think. Just like the, my inner asshole. Was no, no, no. Like, that's, that's, do? That, that, that situation to you is a gift of yeah. like waiting for her to bring it up yeah. and seeing if she does or not. You know what's funny? Because you have no, no responsibility. In fact, if you bring it up, it makes me look bad for like telling you uh, about true, it. True. But you know what? It, it, technically, she didn't pee in your bed. She peed in my bed. Yeah. That's another, that's another, <laughs> that's another thing. Bed. Explain your guilt. My you, guilt. You well, felt so guilty. I felt guilty because I was like, "You pissed I, in I, your bed." Exactly. I felt like I just had this like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt like I peed. Well, first I felt like I peed in Andrew's bed, and then I thought about it for a second. I was like, "Wait, I peed in my own bed." But, <laughs> but like, because this bed actually belongs to Evan. Exactly. But like, I felt this just... weird thing where it was just like, "Wait, the reason why she came is because she wanted to fuck me again," and just like, at least that's how she made it seem. Wait, this is and Opus Card Girl. This is Opus Card Girl. This oh, I didn't. Girl. I didn't. That didn't click. I didn't. Okay, yeah, I thought this was a girl. different girl. No, it's the same girl. Yeah, oh yeah. God. And so I, you know, I felt like by me just going bye and <laughs> going home and leaving her to Andrew, you know, I, I didn't feel. Like, I don't know. I guess I wasn't leaving her to you, and like she ha- was going the same way, and blah blah blah. But like. You're right. It is your fucking fault. Of course, it's my fault. How is it at all your fault? I, I know. I just felt bad because it was like, anyway. Because she kind of came for you, and then yeah, I'm exactly. sort of left in the city, right? But I, no, no, no. Like anyway. But so yeah, she came. I could have, and I I went out for a smoke, and also I had the passport in my pocket. So right. We didn't even have to go inside. I was just like, well, here's the passport, and she's like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. I was like, so what'd you do today? Blah, 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 blah. And as soon as the cigarette was over, I was like, all right, I'm going back inside. And this poor girl just like did. You know that look when a girl's expecting you to kiss them? What? Maybe. <laughs> Do you know this look? I feel like it's a look that I've experienced yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, bye. And she just gives that like puppy-eyed look, just like, and like the, the chin comes up a bit. I was like, <laughs> and then I put the key in the door and opened it. I was like, see ya next Monday. <laughs> oh, and, God. Uh, yeah, I she so doesn't that, come back next Monday. You know what? I'm. She's... She's like a cool person, man. Like whatever. Like I had a lot of fun talking to her and whatever. But I think hopefully, you know what's weird though is like I felt like I fucking drove the point home when she was there a couple days ago. Like I'm not interested. Like sure we had sex, like great, but like this is not something that's yeah. happening again. But you peed my best friend's bed, man. <laughs> that's that's just not cool. That's it exactly. And it's like there's something like when. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I lose a lot of respect for someone. I was actually telling this to you the other day. Like, usually I'm the one who's like, gets told, no, I'm not having sex with you. And then I'm just like, why? But why? And so then I, I lose respect for myself. But in this instance, I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a good thing. You know, I'm seeing somebody else. Like I'm, I said, I'm not going to have sex with you. And then like, just like, if you hear no the 51st time, you should naturally assume that the 52nd time that you ask why, the answer is still going to be no. And so it's just like this weird, like, 
just ugh, stop. You're just putting digging yourself this hole. Anyway, I I, I think she's cool. I hope she's a really nice Monday. person. She like knows a lot of people in my family and stuff. Weirdly <laughs> That's enough, That's actually funny. what. That's kind of strange. Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. But anyway, anyway, I don't know what the moral of the story is. Uh, I've the moral been, of the story. I've been really, no I've been feeling really disillusioned with. I think like, there are no morals getting, in like, this getting, story. Like getting really drunk. Like it's not like, like I've ever peed <laughs> in somebody's bed, but like it be the, the tagline for "You're so baby Monday." Yeah, no morals, <laughs> no morals. <laughs> you know what? Have you guys ever read Tucker Max? So basically, yes. it's like this. Yeah, but, you know, like L.A. douchebag lawyer man who just like goes out and like. Fucks people like unabashedly every single night and blah blah blah, and then writes about his conquests. And actually, a really entertaining like he's a really good writer. And uh, so like one in one instance, he <laughs> he went over to a girl's house, was blasted drunk, and he peed the bed. But what he ended up doing was like taking a glass of water and like as she was still asleep, kind of dribbling it all over herself. Waking up in the morning, blaming oh her. Waking up in the morning Brilliant. and being like, hey. What the what the fuck? Like, oh my god, you peed. Look, your underwear wet. And then just like totally blaming it on her and be like, oh my god, oh, fuck. at least at least there's That's people who have dumb. done worse things. Is, is yeah. this a is this like a common occurrence? Like peeing you know your what? bed I've, when I've, you're really drunk? Yes, apparently. I've known a couple girls who've told me that they've done it. I spoke to Josh about it today because like <laughs> obviously. And uh, yeah, he says it's, it's happened to him as well. Yeah, you know, and it's it's really fucking weird because we were talking about it, and like it's not something that that happens to guys usually, and maybe it's we're thinking about it like maybe it's because guys kind of have this idea of like I pee wherever I want because I can pee standing up, you know. So it's like you don't have to ever hold it in, you know. I feel like for for a woman, it's like you can't pee unless you have a toilet. Whereas a guy, it's like if you're walking over to a girl's house, you're just like, wait a second, I'm going to pee on the on the wall. But like, it just. This doesn't happen but then it, then i think about it in kind of a weird like uh, i don't know not so cool kind of way where it's like maybe it's just because girls get a lot more drunk to go home with a guy that's so drunk that perhaps she might piss herself well you know? i, I wonder I, I wonder this i wonder if i had sex with her she would have not peed hmm. Maybe the um, piss was like the metaphorical anxiety. Right. Maybe she was so right. horny that she just squirted all over the Afterward. place. Yeah, maybe it wasn't pee. Maybe it wasn't even pee. Yeah. Maybe it's, she it's, just it's female smelled, ejaculated all over your bed. bed. She probably had wet dreams Get her about on the show. the entire night. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh. You know what? That's, that's kind not of been that a, dumb. No, that's been the theme <laughs> of this show. It's just like talking about people and then they come on. Yeah. But. <laughs> Throw back to the this, last show. This, this, <laughs> this story just yeah. adds a whole new dimension to the idea of the sloppy second. We're Eskimo cousins. Hey, hey! Finally, high five. High five. That's so, that's so retarded. Yeah, but like, should have crossed swords. Like, like you, were, you, Mike, you brought up earlier. Like my bitter melancholy. Like Evan got to have sex with the girl, and then it's like I get to, but she pisses in my bed. Oh God! <laughs> well, no moral of this story, though. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm trying to find a moral, and it's just like, no, no. we're just, don't get too drunk. That's the moral. So just be vigilant. I guess. Know your limits. Fault, I Play within it. <laughs> well, you said yourself, you could have done the grown-up thing and just cut it off when it needed to be cut that's, off. That's, that's the moral of the story. Like, don't. That could be. Actually, yeah, that's well, probably the best moral. Do, don't, don't do that. You don't want to do, do it, man? Yeah. Don't do it. Tell her to go home. I said this to Arseni the other day. You don't... You don't... 
how did I put it? You don't make mistakes, you learn lessons. Yeah. Do you have some sort of like drunken barometer for a girl now? Maybe this is a good <laughs> yes, thing. Now to go, yes, oh, no, you don't yes. know how to keep Precious my right. I thought I, I did. I thought I did dry. before, and that's why I didn't have sex with her the original night. But the real lesson is, if you're, if you're, it's like the glass house. The real lesson things. is, if you know that you don't want to have sex with them in the first place. But I, I, I did. Yeah, I did though. That's it. That's the yeah. thing. Oh. Even though you said I'm not going to have sex with you. No, it was for the. I'm going to save it for the morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Banking <laughs> it. Okay. So listen, listen. Like sleep in my bed. And then I'll you ask wake you up. this. P, it's ephemeral. Was the sex worth it? Um. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, perfect. What was then, that hesitation? Did you have to like? That was a long. Pause. Was there like a huge cleanup job? I I, I just the, covered the cost my entire mattress in baking soda and vinegar and. Wait. So okay, that's what that white stuff was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So yeah, what is the cleanup for pee? I looked it up. It's vinegar and vinegar. Baking soda will soak up the moisture, and vinegar will kill the odor. And have you smelt it since? Yeah. And then See, I also you know what though I feel like the drunk pee is it's always mostly water anyways yeah yeah, that's yeah good, that's point. Okay. good point but it's like the morning after pee is is quite rich mm, I, th- I don't know I feel like most of my drunk I'm sure pee is- I'm sure it was mostly water and honestly it really isn't that gross it's just what the gross part is the being in bed with the moisture oh god on yeah, your that's, leg that's nasty okay yeah. so I have a question to ask all you guys if you know the woman of your dreams was like Hey baby, can I pee on you? Would you do it? Define dreams. Define um, pee on you. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I'll get into this. Um, <laughs> you've been, you know, you've known her for like three years, and it's always been like this very friendly connection, and you've always felt you've had something, but maybe you were with somebody, she was with somebody else. You finally get together. You've been seeing each other for like, you know, eight months. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were leaving the room. You're like, no, I'm not talking about this. But uh, <laughs> yeah. this is great, great brandy, by the way. I really like it. Um, and then awesome? you know, you're you're yes, please. You? You're a little bit tipsy. You're talking like, hey, so like, what's your like, what's your sexual fetishes? You know? And she's like, well, I've always just wanted to pee on a guy's face. Would you do it? Like, I lie down, she just squats over me and pees all over my face? Or whatever. whatever or, the or it's like pee in a cup and drink it? No, or no. Okay, no. I, like okay. a golden shower. Golden shower. Okay. Um, fuck yeah, of course. Like I said no before. Question. Like I've said right? before, if, right? if, if this was yes. my girlfriend, or even like uh, we've had a couple of dates and we really like each I don't other. Care. Yeah, if we have is sterile. If we pee had a couple, pee is not a big deal. Yeah. If we had a couple of dates and we really liked each other, I wouldn't give a fuck if she pissed in my bed. I literally would. Okay, so here, I I would draw the I would, line at I in would, my bed. I would, I would say, don't do it in my fucking bed unless no. You'd have to you'd have to take you'd have to take precautions. You have to do. I would do it in the get, shower. Get in the exactly. tub. That's, that's yeah, fine. But I mean, shower, yeah. yeah, totally. You're giving me that cleanup job on top of it. Yeah. Nah, if I can tell yeah. it turns her on, I'm I'm I'll guzzle it up. I'll always talk about pee is and, making me want to pee. I'll, yeah. I'll be right back. It's okay. So then I pose the next question. You know where I'm going with this? Poo number two. Uh, th- that I couldn't do. Me neither. I don't think so. There's no fucking way in hell. It just smells so bad. That's the thing. It'd be like, yeah, with the pee, it's just like, pee okay, Pee smells great. like a little it's sour warm. at worst, but 
shit it just is foul. It is. It just like it makes you go like. Foul. <laughs> yeah. No more boner. <laughs> no one can ha- be having a boner and smelling shit at the same time. Uh, I beg to differ. Well, not not from my own experience, but I like your own shit is fine, but somebody else's shit. No, even my own shit. Well, what, no, no, I'm saying that, what, what, what's what, it what, called a Blumkin? No, no, you, you smell. A shit no, 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 no. I mean, it's smelling somebody else's <laughs> shit and having a boner at the same time. I don't think those things are are the same. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, you know uh, what? What what, what is sh- like? What do you call it? Shit play. There's ass play. Scat play. Scat play. Scat play. Uh, I mean, there's I, anal sex, and then sometimes you might pull out a plum, but. Pull out a plum. <laughs> Have you ever heard of poop of a poop noodle? Never. <laughs> so uh, you're having anal sex, <laughs> just railing it, <clears throat> and then when you're done, you squeeze your dick out like a toothpaste tube, and the little poop noodle comes out. <laughs> like it continues. Well, yeah, you like you squeeze out the poop because it got oh like out of out of your, your urethra. Oh no, that's no. Okay. Apparently it's like not Play-Doh. real. Apparently it's not. Uh, apparently it's not a thing that happens. I don't know. Probably wear a condom. That's yeah. No, that's avoid, the beauty of anal sex. Avoid the poop noodle. <laughs> Apparently, it's now not that real. I know. So you have not had anal sex. Never. Have you had anal no. sex? It's meh. What's it like? Like, I imagine it to be like fucking a void. <laughs> no, no, it's like it's more like it's tighter, which is kind of cool, like in terms of like the the you know physical sensation of it. But otherwise, it's just kind of like I think what's like most. I guess alluring about it is the like the taboo of it, you know, like ooh, that's not right. supposed to go in there. Like ooh, I mean, a big part of what uh, I think, Evan, we've talked about this is like I can tell, like if I can tell that it's it's like really turning her on. Yeah, that is the turn on. It's not the the fact that it's like going in the butt, but it's about, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's if if I can tell that you know what, something that's, that, you're a nice guy. You're a really nice guy, <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of people that that are like really into anal sex are like it's not because they want the girl to feel good it's because it's like it's tighter uh, and they don't give a shit about how the girl feels you know like you hear all these stories like a girl will go home with a guy she'll like like, let you accidentally slip out and just like put it in the wrong hole or she'll let you have anal sex on your anniversary or something yeah exactly and it's like (laughs) no i don't want to i don't want to be like okay so uh once a year i'm gonna make you cry like no, it's like if, if no, you dig I mean, it, then sure. I think it's all about mutual enjoyment. That's Have you ever had anal sex? Yeah, it was great. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but did the person that you were with enjoy it? Yeah, she suggested it. Okay, and that's I think that's the key. Right, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think we've all established that we're not. I don't think assholes. it's cool to use a woman as a masturbatory prop. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, Unless she's it into the it, time. and then it's like okay. Unless she's into being a prop. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Well, that's fine. You see, you know what's interesting is like this this whole like Fifty Shades of Grey thing that like has come about once again because of the movie. This like idea that like, oh, it's actually kind of a turn on to be, you know, pseudo sexually assaulted, you know, which is kind of what it's about. It's just like it's not bondage. It's not BDSM because there's this whole level of like non permissive, um, you know, a- assault, which is going on in this film or in this book or whatever. So like. It's apparently like a, a big thing, and I've experienced it before, where women will have you know a rape fantasy. They'll say like, you know what? It's really fucked up, but like it's, I just had this fantasy where like I'm being raped. It's like I just want you to take me or something like that. And people, I feel like society is like, okay, cool. So like, have a safe word, set it up. It's not actually rape, you, like, but you kind of act out this idea of you know the 
the masked marauder coming into your room and just like taking you. So people support this idea of women playing out their rape fantasies. But what I feel like it's the complete opposite when it comes to men acting out their rape fantasies. So like say a guy says like, listen, baby, I just got this fantasy where I just like come into your room with a nightstick and just take you in the ass. Like that, that, (laughs) that is totally not cool. Understandably so. I mean, I feel like a lot of sex, like, okay, what I would, what I would say is like, you know, when black history month comes around and like white people are like why isn't there a white history month or like why isn't there uh this thing it's like you know why because every month is white history month you know right and i feel like in the same way like ooh, like i have a rape fantasy let's experiment with that but i also feel like a lot of just like the common denominator of heterosexual sex is some form of like i have to take you right 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 you know i feel you know what that's kind of what it is though like if you think about it like a lot of like the, a lot of like male sexuality just kind of revolves around. Well, no, that even anyways. if you bring it down to the base level of just like pure vanilla missionary sex, like as the male in a heterosexual encounter, you are entering this person. You're just like, okay, I'm in you now. Whereas yeah. a woman, it's like I'm accepting you into me. That's like it's a very it's very passive. different side of the agreement. You know? You ever seen cats fuck? I haven't seen them fuck. I've heard them fuck. My God! Outside my window. Have you watched cats fuck? Well, not in real life, but I've seen videos of it and I've read descriptions, and it's a yeah. very violent affair. It is like, okay, this is a better example. Have okay. you ever seen ducks penises? The twirly, yeah, the twirly kind of like yeah. swirling scepter sword of death. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think in some ways, metaphorically, male sexuality is the duck penis. <laughs> right. And to suggest that, you know, we're on an equal playing field when it comes to things like rape fantasies yeah. is just, it's just speaking from a point of duck penis privilege. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got, I mean, I guess ducks technically have a swirled vagina too. So, I mean, it kind of works out. But at the same time, like, <laughs> do they? Apparently. <laughs> but like, I, I think ducks are just a little rapey, you know? And I mean, like, apparently yeah. there was this guy... This, they live in I read swamps, a scientific they're... paper about like the, I mean the the the, the preface is this, he watched like um, a a male duck raping another well raping I don't know making love <laughs> making duck love to another dead male duck so She's like dead. not only are they like rapists but they're necrophiliac rapists but you know what I think I think it was Louis C K who said this but like I guess like sex in the animal kingdom is pretty much just all rape. You know, like, it's aside from dolphins, bonobos, and, I don't know, maybe a couple other primates, I feel like the entire existence of a female animal is just to, like, not get fucked. It's like, ah! Is ah, that true? I is think that true? so. Well, I mean, like, a lot of a lot of animals have, like, mating calls. That, They've got that, mating uh, calls. Women, and, and, and the female animals will respond to certain males or true. Or, or, dec- or reject them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But, I mean, I get, that's just, like, biology. But I feel like I've watched videos of tigers fucking birds fucking and it's just like it just seems like they're like okay like come put it in me but then when it actually starts to happen they're just like ah 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 maybe that's maybe that's just different maybe that's just what pleasure for a bird looks like (laughs) i guess i guess maybe we don't know that they're just not calling the safe word you know yeah they're saying no but like that's established like you can say no just (laughs) quack in a different way and then i'll stop (laughs) 
We don't know what the safe word is. That's we true. don't understand That's duck. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just talk about uh, safe words and, and peeing, especially. I gotta pee, too. Oh, no. Does anyone have a safe word? <laughs> Evan, yeah. of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> I say, mine is, stop, get the fuck off me! <laughs> <laughs> Although, I guess that just means I haven't had very fun sex, because... Never mind. So now that Evan's gone, we can finally start talking. Ugh. Just kidding, sort of. Um, so, we've been talking about duck penises. Do you have anything to add? I, I literally just walked into this, and I don't know what you guys were just talking about. Safe words, sex, what's going on? You ever seen a duck fuck? Never. How, what, what is that like? It's violent. Well, I feel like... Where do you see that? Like a YouTube video? How yeah, you, yeah, you, I see it on YouTube. you get there like, on the internet? You're like, you know what? It's like dark... Under 20 fuck. clicks. <laughs> Under 20 clicks. <laughs> Yo, duck penises are always just a couple clicks away, whether you realize it or not. Just one click and a few types of the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Duck. Um, you misspell fuck. Fuck penises. Is there another the bathroom you guys are just running... Evan's the fastest peer ever. I am the fastest peer. I have established this. Just peeing on a mattress close by. <laughs> no, actually, um, it's not just people's wet boots in the hallway. <laughs> I just walk with like <laughs> dick ninety degrees and actually I've done that before. Ninety. Just like degrees. when you're walking home, instead of like stopping, you just kinda like look around, nobody's around, and you just whoosh, put Wait. it out to the side and keep walking. <laughs> no? Wow. Never done that. Interesting. Oh. Walk by pissing. Yeah. Walk backwards and piss. That'd be. Yeah, that's cool. But no, you just point it to the side and just keep the briskness up. Yeah. Okay. Never done that. <laughs> well, you should try it. It's really fun. It's really freeing. I imagine it would be. That's I mean the best part of being a man, is. You get to pee with your dick at a pee. ninety degree angle while you're yeah. walking. Yeah. Yeah. Or just yeah, just 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 it. like urinary freedom in general. I think. But. Standing up. That's yeah. another statement. Pee while you're walking. Yeah. Well, they have these, um, what are they called? Venuses? Paginus? Vaginus? I don't know. Anyway, this like plastic funnel that women can use like when they're camping. Oh, I've seen this. Where they just, it's just like a, like a cup that sure. they put on with a little hose, I guess. It's, that it's, seems pretty cool. It's more of a, All right. it's like a funnel. You find one yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you asked a question like a long time back in the podcast, and it was, I was kind of hoping to get into it, and this is a total 180. Oh, but about the podcast? No, no, uh, during the podcast, and you were like, to Evan, do movies suck now? Oh, that's a good question. And I was wondering what you thought about that. Am I just not sitting close enough? Is there something different about this, Mike? Yes. <laughs> it's it's the- really good for snare drums. Yeah, and guitar amps. Um, so just talk like a snare drum. <laughs> movies suck. Um, I think. <laughs> I think movies are getting less complicated. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and less ambiguous, maybe. They're not really dealing with. Uh, um. like human problems anymore it's right. it's just like let's see what we can do with the cgi that we have right it's like no like like the 
Fast Seven or whatever. Yeah. That whole scene, like, is anybody on the planet doing this? This is just a movie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just like pure entertainment instead of it's yeah, a character it's study, artful. dude. It's not even. It's not. <laughs> if it's not spectacle. It's. It's. I don't. I, I wouldn't call it dumb, but I just think it's getting worse. Yeah, I mean. Just, so then, what would be the golden age? What would be the like well, golden age of film if now? I don't we're know. In I don't know. I mean, like, box. I think about uh, you know somebody like Orson Welles, who he made Citizen Kane, which is you know uh, if you look at any list of movies, it's like the number one movie ever made, and you watched in all mm-hmm. film classes. Mm-hmm. And what's unique about Citizen uh, dude, Kane? It's Avatar. Well, well, obviously, but if you want to be serious, <laughs> Matrix. Well, Matrix is pretty awesome. But the first one, like the unique thing about Citizen Kane, is it's not like watching, um, like Potemkin or like one of those old film school movies that you watch just as you're, watch, as you're watching the like medium uh, develop. You know, you watch Citizen Kane, Ten and it's a it's like yeah. a badass <laughs> movie. Like it's great. The performance is awesome. Like. Just the whole story is great. It's like a really entertaining movie, and it was just like breaking all these, um, uh, you know, film. You know, uh, have you guys seen you Citizen it. Kane? Of course, I have not. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's yeah, awesome. Like, just watch that movie. It's it's awesome. I've never seen Ben Hur though. Scenes like that again. <laughs> you say you're shit. talking about the development of cinema. Well, just, I actually never saw it before or since. What do you mean? Some of the like act, like shots in that film, right? Yeah, they're really striking. Yeah, for sure, and. And then just having somebody like Orson Welles, who's going to really, like, break a lot of ground in the medium and deal with, like you say, like, real human problems. Like, it's about this man, like, losing his humanity through, you know, sort of getting all of this power. And so what's the premise? I, like I honestly, you know, I've heard about it in lists and stuff like that, but... Really it's basically it. this tycoon dies uh, at the beginning of the movie. And the last words that he utters is, is Rosebud. And so the movie consists of... So, All of these reporters the sled, right? trying to like, I saw I saw like, account yeah, account, f- account for his life and like they, it's basically this retelling of this guy's life from his sort of humble beginnings mm-hmm. through owning this newspaper through getting involved in politics and eventually like becoming this really like to his last words yeah guy um, and so this film starts off with him dying yes okay yeah um, but. It, like you have this movie that is a very mainstream movie, I think, at the time it came out. I think it was quite popular and, like, you know, a sure, monu- monument popular, at the yeah. time. And then Wells, throughout his career in, like, the golden age of Hollywood, was very popular. And, like, to me, he, he in a lot of ways, captures the, like, you know, innovative spirit of cinema, but also have, he comes from Shakespeare. He comes from, you know, real human problems and, you know, poetry of it and this and that. But, and then we watch this movie, like, F for Fake the other day yeah i haven't seen it i saw the trailer for it it looked really cool it's 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 really interesting movie isn't Um, that like the orson welles phase where he's just doing like commercials for like frozen dying words being really drunk but no his last movie was not that his last movie was the transformers movie where he was um some big planet (laughs) true yeah what totally what he he was a voice actor in the transformers cartoon movie where he was just a big planet (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were making fun of Orson Welles being so. No, fat. no, he was fat. He was planet-sized fat. You're but thinking of Marlon Brando. No, nope. oh, that was that was uh, Jarrell, where he's Superman's father. <laughs> no, but yeah, Orson Welles' last film. Come was... Son of Jarrell, <laughs> kneel before Zod. 
Um, but my point is that you had p- filmmakers who are making mainstream movies uh, that are extremely artful, and the, the artfulness or the whatever the artistic artistic quality of it. That's Artful. what makes it great. Whereas now it's it's devolved into just pure spectacle and entertainment. I think. Uh, In terms of the I mainstream, yes, I, yes, I agree with that. The, I think there's the, a lot the of the visuals are important. Made. I think, I think, there's still good scripts out there. Yeah. Uh, but most of what comes out, like I'm not looking forward to anything, because it's a bunch of reboots. It's a lot of, like. A couple of directors working today, maybe Charlie Kaufman that I hope to see, but everybody else, you'd think the the medium would have the best minds on the planet yeah. working on it, but it's not the case, and I wonder why. I, mean, I, I think it has really to do with dollars, man. Why. Dollars, it, it, dollars, seem, dollars. it seems to me like a lot of the money that used to be in movies has dried up. And now the studios are only wanting to push movies that they know will have a guaranteed you know return this is, yeah. this on their is a good point. Yeah. I, I read about this. Apparently, you're talking about the, like the middle. Apparently, the global financial crisis hollowed out the middle. So all you have yeah. is blockbusters at the top. And you're like tiny independent yeah, no- and, and, and not films a, from Northern Europe at and, the bottom. And not only the financial crisis, but just you know the advent of, you know, pirating movies and so all, yeah. all those sorts of things yeah. have taken yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah, money yeah, true, away from true, the studios. True. Now they just want to put out 10 sequels of Transformers because they know that and lowest common denominator theater viewer is going to go there and enjoy the show. And they'll be able yeah. to sell those movies overseas. Superhero exactly. films. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and superhero, yes. superhero films. No, <laughs> get out of here. What? Come on. No, <laughs> a lot of them it's suck. It's out of hand. Get really fucking Punisher. high. Green Lantern. Dude, if you get really okay, fucking high, you're going to enjoy anything. I'd watch the fucking paint dry, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I've done That's that before. True. It's great. <laughs> yeah, as a house painter. It's, oh. I remember getting that text, actually. It's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it just dries. It's like changing from one kind of matter to another. I remember. That's I was, fucking interesting. <laughs> <I> w- <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was messaging with my, with my lady friend from New York, and she was like, what are, you, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, I was testing out how this paint was... Like it was a like a like a retouch paint like that was left over for touch ups, and I was Bye. painting it over this wall, and so I texted her. And I was to see if it matched up. So I was like, I'm like, I, I'm literally watching paint dry, <laughs> literally. I'm waiting around for this paint to dry so I can see if it matches this other color. <laughs> That's literally what I'm doing. And if I was stoned, I would probably enjoy it. So anyway. <clears throat> It's like the superhero movie. I I like an entertaining flick as well. That's like the, the thing. You, you were keep saying, talking like, about the spectacle. I you know what? If I you, love if you, spectacle. If you accept if a movie's self aware enough to just say spectacle, this is a spectacle. I'm fucking all for it, man. You know what? Like it's but it's you know when, what? When a movie doesn't acknowledge the fact that it's not a spectacle, when it's trying to be really deep. But I think even within the spectacle, that's painful. To even watch within the actors. even so, within the like the spectacle type film, you can be. Uh, like intelligent with it, you can tell right. a good story. Right. You can get people involved. Like, like what? Give me an example. Like uh, the Matrix, or like District Nine. District Nine, good or like, point. or like I don't even even some of those fucking uh, like the Matrix is a good is a good example of. Or like yeah, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Like yeah, those yeah. are spectacles, and they're but they're based on a solid foundation. I watched yeah. the second Iron Man movie, and <laughs> there's a I like Iron Man. I like there's, there's a three. third one. I watched I watched the movie, <laughs> and I'm like I'm down to just watch superheroes triumph over evil or whatever. Right. But I was like. 
Mickey Rourke is this villain and, <laughs> with whips and electric whips. Electric whips. Alive? And Iron Iron Man just beats the shit out of him both times they fight. There's no conflict in this. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's like not even good for what it is. And that's I feel like yeah. so many of those movies coming out now is yeah. just like Well you know what I think that was the problem with we're talking about the first Matrix. One of the problems with I don't even want to talk about the third yeah, Matrix, ma- but the, the second Matrix one yeah. is that like the you've got so the the entirety of the first Matrix, you got this regular dude who has no idea. He's like very confused about what's going on. He's just a regular dude. He doesn't know that he's basically Jesus. And so the entire movie, he's not like a, a superhero. And then you have this resolution at the end where like he sees the Matrix and he's able to beat up these agents, and it's fucking amazing. And that's where the payoff comes from. And then you get to the second one. He's wearing sunglasses the whole time. He's basically a fucking god. Like there's no question that like every single conflict that he gets into he's going to be fine you know so there's no stakes like i think when you're when you're watching some kind of i mean i don't know if you can call it the matrix a superhero movie but like something where like the main character is like you know just uh, higher above than anyone else in the film you, he needs to have stakes in all practical purposes like for all practical perspective it is a superhero movie mm-hmm. it could easily be a comic book yeah totally yeah. you know what i i actually watched um uh, like uh, a couple weird ass you know you get deep into YouTube these weird like conspiracy yeah. versions of duck like sex. what the yeah. yeah duck sex is one thing <laughs> yeah I watched a lot of duck sex but what intrigues me more than duck sex and the spiral duck dicks is like these weird like conspiracy nut theories about what the matrix is supposed to be and blah 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 but then I watched there was this one it was like an hour long like pseudo documentary about like the matrix is real like this is not just a film like this is just a a, a calling of what what times are now and apparently there's this guy um who's like a double phd who um like the movie starts out or the film starts out with um philip k dick in the 70s saying like listen guys we're living in a simulation like it it makes total sense like if humanity is to progress to a certain point obviously we're going to be able to make virtual reality that is completely indistinguishable from reality so this is the idea of the simulation theory and so he says like if we don't blow ourselves up we're going to be able to make a virtual reality for ourselves which is indistinguishable from reality everybody laughed him off the stage Getting to like 2006. He was also like a total nutcase oh, presenting totally. his laughs totally, out in New York. Totally, 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 totally. He wrote a lot of great books, like which were made into tons of great movies. In any case, there's a guy who looked into um, basically these these codes in um, string theory, and he says that like these string theory codes or 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 formulas are if you look deep enough, there's actually real computer code built into these formulas in string theory. And I'm totally butchering this, but like his idea is that like there is no possible way that this is a coincidence. Like the the amount of coincidence that would have to have to happen for these computer codes to be built into the theories of string theory to happen is like next to impossible. So How like, do you find he, something like that? It, exactly. I like I don't know. And the code the, isn't everything mathematics. But it's also true. like string I mean, theory isn't even proven. It's just a, it's no, just it's, a, exactly. It's theory. It's theory. This is like a mathematical formula yeah. that a bunch of scientists like came up with. But I've seen some pretty good YouTube videos on string theory. Yeah. Okay. Probably so you know what? True. This I love, is a, this I is love a good how question to bring up. But like, aliens. Did you watch that? Um, I know what I saw documentary that I saw sent you. You know what I didn't? But I oh. have. I have. I have a long list of starred 
things on my computer. It's, okay. it's still on there. I'm waiting for a day off that I just sit there. You need to watch this documentary called I Know What I Saw because... this I'm, I'm interested in this. You said... So it's it's really it interesting. It changed like, your view. It, it completely changed my fucking view because like, you know, in, in terms of talking about aliens or extraterrestrial life or, or something beyond what we know, tangible evidence of what we know about the earth... It 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 gives you the like this feeling of talking about ghost stories around a campfire. You know that feeling when you're t- like hearing a really good ghost story and it's late at night and something like that. You kind of got that little bit of adrenaline running, and it's just cool. It, like it's a nice experience, and so that's kind of just like the you know the extent that I had hearing about aliens is like okay, it's kind of cool. It gets my blood running a little bit, but like. You know what? I I don't fucking believe. I'm a skeptic. Like, I know what's bullshit. Well, I no, I don't. I don't. But like, I mean, I guess I'm a, an unintelligent skeptic. <laughs> but I watched this documentary called "I Know What I Saw," and it apparently there's like um, high level military people who culminated to in, into this meeting to like try to tell the UN like, hey, we need to declassify these UFO files because. Like, fuck you. Why are they classified? Like, if, if there's nothing here, then declassify them and let's talk about it. But you hear about these pilots who... A pilot, the radar technician, people on the ground, blah, 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 see these things in the sky. And, like, it got to this point where, like, we saw a craft set down, lift up. We went to the site. We saw the imprints in which, like, the, the landing gear had landed. And these are, like, all completely separate sources talking about this shit. And it's like... How do you discount that? You know, it'd be one thing to say like, well, this guy's just a fucking nut job. Like, who cares what he's talking about? It's just one dude saying, I saw an alien, duh, duh, duh. But when you have all these different sources culminating on the same thing, like, I I want to say that I don't believe it, but like, how do you disprove that, you know? The high-level official's point is a really good point. It's exactly. come up many times. Are you? Is that documentary based on the disclosure conference yep it's a two-hour conference exactly i actually i haven't seen the documentary but i've watched the conference okay. i and watched how, it like how does in that the make background, you feel one it, it the the findings are literally like we have the radar evidence exactly it's inc- we have it's the military personnel saying this happened exactly and we want to just we want to say that w- this should be dealt with scientifically. Exactly. Because we're we, not trying to jump to conclusions. This, we just want this, to know the this story. Has, this has nothing to do with. Um, the, there, there's a campaign of disinformation, and mm-hmm. we want to say, like, in many ways, we were part of it, and now we've gone past it. Cold War is over. Let's exactly. talk about this scientifically. And there are some interests for humans such as energy right there's energy at stake here we have an energy problem yeah probably one of our greatest problems so, if there's a possibility that these yeah. people are and, able to do and we're like, talking about galactic canadian travel. officials yeah. u.s officials people from latin america Ch- a yeah. chinese official shows up Iranian and they're like pilots hey, and shit this happened yeah so that that's just really interesting it's what is it like, that they that they describe multiple eyewitness accounts so like most of it has to do with pilots like army pilots like in f-15s or whatever flying they see some weird crazy anomaly not only on their radar but they see it in in front of them like okay i saw a bright light i was about to engage it like this one iranian pilot said 
He saw something on his radar while he was flying. He saw a crazy fucking light that was just moving all around. He thought it was some kind of new advanced tech that was like a threat to their nation. So he tried to engage it. As soon as he tried to engage it, all his instruments failed. He couldn't do it. And so that's just one dude's account. Maybe he was fucking, you know, low on oxygen or whatever. But at the same time, yeah, well, they're all on fucking meth (laughs) at that time. Like pilots are doing meth just to stay awake. That's it. not only that, not this one pilot, Party. but like people on the ground in radar, <laughs> just like random people in like some weird neighborhood seeing lights in the sky. Like yeah. it all points to the same thing. It's like, even if it's just some like weird, like secretive military operation that's got some light in the sky, at the same time, I mean, like a UFO, just unidentified flying object, in no context is that like supposed to be an alien. But at the same time, everybody saw it, everybody witnessed it. Or this thing like the Phoenix Lights. Like the entire city of Phoenix saw this like mm-hmm. triangular this shape flying this over the city. Video. And, you know, like apparently a couple months after that, the mayor of the city like kind of joked about it. He's like, okay, so anybody worried about this? Like uh, we've, we've solved the problem. Uh, he's here to, to show us what's up. And they brought in some dude in an alien costume just to kind of like play it off. She's like, ha, ha, ha. But at the same time, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, what was that? Those photos are so stupid. Well, yeah, oh, man. I don't know. But like, it's, a, it's just like, it's like a weird gray area because you do get a lot of like bullshit accounts, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's about, and there's, whenever you have something like this, uh, it's, it's another case of something that I think is really common is a lot of people not being comfortable with not knowing mm-hmm. you know it's either it's like I don't know what it is therefore it's all bullshit and I'm gonna be a skeptic and yeah, there's yeah. there's rational explanation for everything and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. but there's then on the other, other side it's like okay but like what is this let's investigate especially when you bring up like like high up military officials telling repeated stories that yeah, that putting their fucking like, careers on the line to say like I saw this weird thing. A lot I don't of them were retired. They're yeah. like, I actually don't have ties anymore. I don't have the obligations I don't that care I anymore. once did. Well, right. and that's what's kind of unfortunate is that like they they never spoke about it when they were employed okay. because they didn't want to there, be fired. There's some sort of legal aspect where it's like if you say something about it. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, I feel like having experienced it myself, um, not alien abduction, but like. I feel like a lot of alien abductions or ghost stories, because they always happen when somebody's asleep. I'm asleep. I went to sleep, and then all of a sudden I saw an angel, or all of a sudden I saw an alien, and he fucked yeah. me in the butt. He probed me. But like, I feel like that can be explained by sleep paralysis. You know, I think like having experienced sleep paralysis before, I've seen some really real shit, but you know, looking at it objectively, I know it was just all in my own head. I didn't see an alien. I didn't get fucked in the ass by a fucking angel. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that happens in sleep paralysis. But for somebody who doesn't know that sleep paralysis exists, you know, you're just a blumpkin in Kentucky. You're yeah, just it's like, the most oh, real shit. thing there is. Yeah. It, it's totally real. And what's insane about sleep paralysis is that everything you experience, you feel the pain. You feel the realness. You feel like you're frozen in your bed because that's exactly what it is. So I feel like there's a degree of I mean like I think there's, there's a real that, there's a there's a real also yeah this is another problem with talking about it like I'm just thinking back like I remember the one of the only times we've ever like like screamed at each other Mike there have been been in like like a like a like an angry yelling match was over the existence of like it's alien visitations. it was a bust up okay let's hear this like. No, it was just it was just me like Mike he, bringing he, these things. He has great points about this actually. They're all valid. Like like I was 
um, like I was living my life saying like I don't I don't think there's any evidence for alien and it's not like I don't think aliens exist in the universe it's like alien visitation of earth mm-hmm. and like I'm naturally very skeptical of like great claims like you know extraordinary claims claims require extraordinary evidence and claims like, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence claims but you know and so Mike was bringing forth a lot of these um, points about the high up military officials and repeated stories and this and that and I, I think I was probably like very dismissive of it Saying like, no, it's all bullshit, blah blah blah. But and uh, I don't know. It it just got very emotional. <laughs> your your biggest point and one that I'm 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 gonna elaborate on is what's the deal with all the uh like hokey looking websites and all, yeah. <laughs> all that's a valid point. All all the video and photography <laughs> that sense. I see could have been doctored. And show me proof show me proof damn it yeah and i actually went to a talk on this exact subject at burning man oh my god really with the moderator of the disclosure no conference. fucking way no way Way to loop everything around yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so let's hear it what did you get and it? it was a question that i asked him i was like he's like there are five major reasons why um this is being or or why um evidence is contested right and he never brought up any uh like video or photographic evidence okay uh other than the phoenix lights sure. he's like that is the one that's pretty one up there, yeah. undeniable um video that is unexplainable. And really. that's where you have like multiple citizens saying like, I yeah, saw this. From multiple angles, a lot of yeah. his evidence came down to uh, multiple people passing lie detector tests. He's right. like one, whatever, two. It's not a maybe, lie if you believe it's true. Seven people yeah. all passing a lie detector test on yeah. like this one guy getting abducted and him being returned. Wow. It's like, what does that mean? What and he, the- well, what does that mean to pass a lie detector test? Like, what? Yeah, like you George believe Cassandra, that you like saw George Costanza an alien? says, it's not a lie, Jerry, if you believe it's true. Right. That yeah, was one right. one of many uh, examples of evidence. Seinfeld. He talked about he yeah. talked about evidence. modern day medicine through Seinfeld. Is there any? What else did he say? Is there any evidence that's not based on eyewitness accounts? Um, but that's it. The, the, like, what else are you gonna have? The the. Well, the one the one thing he did flesh. talk about was <laughs> right. the one thing he did talk about was um, government admit, admitting that they have radar evidence that they cannot explain the right. speed. Yeah, of, that's the thing. Of things, things on jumping. radar. Yeah. it's mm. it's it's something that is unexplainable. Yeah. by modern technology. Yeah. Well, that's, well, Andy had said that there's a sort of like personality, or I would call it a reflex, to be like. You know, there's a rational explanation for everything, mm-hmm. and there's also the other reflex for the other kind of person who's who wants to believe instant conspiracy. Yeah, who yeah. instantly believes, oh yeah, man, fucking aliens. But there's not very much in the middle. There's right? nobody saying there's like, not, I don't know. I there's don't know. Nobody's saying was. like, I don't know. Let's take a look at this data. Let's yeah. look at these these radar, you know, mm-hmm. things that we can't explain and see what's going on because I don't. I don't know. Have you guys heard of? Uh, you know, I talked about this uh, last week on the podcast. Or, uh, sorry, the week before. Randall Carlson. Have you guys ever heard of Randall Carlson? No. So, 
He's a geometrician, uh, a geologist, and his kind of background is in geology. And so his idea is that like um, <clears throat> there's like cataclysmic events that have happened in the past that can only be acknowledged and discovered by somebody looking at every single discipline. So like geologists don't really understand it. Uh, historians don't really understand it. It's something that only if you look at it from the outside can you realize that like some weird shit happened back in the past that can't be explained. And so I, I, I don't really, I'm not somebody who can talk about it because I don't know a lot about it, but the idea that like possibly in the past, like in terms of like how did the pyramids get made? Like how did all these things get made? Like if you look at the pyramids, they're perfectly shaped pointing towards Orion's belt. They're perfectly shaped to be like on the left-hand side of the Great Pyramid. It's the perfect line towards the, the the magnetic North Pole. Like all these crazy things that like we we say like we're the most technologically advanced civilization to ever have graced the Earth. But if you look back in the past, it's like, well, either they're you know they were also as advanced as us, but in different ways, or maybe they had help from like some kind of crazy extraterrestrial influence. You know, and they talk about. That you have pictures of like planes and spaceships and hieroglyphics, like so. Who knows? Like maybe maybe something did happen. That's one thing to look up. One thing that over I time, uh, UFOs in art it right. goes back at yeah. least a thousand years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How can that be explained? Do you think this is a modern phenomenon yeah. since like the nineteen fifties? It, sh- it shows up again yeah. and again. Well, what, that's the what, thing. Like, what is that? One thing that I heard on Rogan's podcast, and he's like, um, he he's you know very skeptical of everything. But like, one thing that he said that he has framed in his house is the newspaper in I guess it's uh, Nevada from Roswell. From Roswell. Yeah, from Roswell. Like the day yeah. that whatever that incident happened, the newspaper printed like flying saucer yeah, crash recovered, yeah. and then. Ever since he and he's like, I have that newspaper framed in my house, and then ever since that day, they completely changed their story and they said it was a weather balloon. <laughs> yeah, there there seems to be something uh, with extraterrestrials attracted to um, high level technology, right? Like the planes, the yeah. F sixteen, yeah. and apparently there are some stories that in in New Mexico they can in make New Mexico. That's right. They can make. Uh, UFOs appear just by like taking out like nuclear rockets. Jesus, there's some there's some sort of surveillance. You know what was like a really cool concept that they brought into Interstellar? Is that like you've seen Interstellar? We were talking about have you seen shitty it? movies, and I wanted to find out what the what the straight dope is on Interstellar. I have not seen you it. Haven't seen I it. have heard that it's <laughs> a pile that. of shit. From okay. one hand, one one hand says it's a pile of shit. The other hand says it's amazing. Okay, so what in, is it? In terms of concepts, at the beginning of the film, or maybe like like a third of the way through the film, they bring up this idea that like they, like the word they, they have been talking to us. They have made this. They have shown us that there's a wormhole. Blah 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 blah. So the idea is that like. You discover through the film, spoiler alert, that they, which kind of like alludes to aliens, is actually humans from the future. So like future humans. Future humans. My so God. like when when you bring up the fact that like My that God. like all these like weird extraterrestrial instances happen around like 
uh, times of great stress, like around the Cold War or around like launching a nuclear missile. Then you see these things in New Mexico. Maybe it's not aliens. Maybe it's not something that like comes from afar, but it's something on a different time plane. You know, maybe the, or maybe the weird it's a different dimension. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, it's maybe like, the weird UFO ah, things that the we see. Multiverse. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> the weird things that we see in the sky are not just things from somewhere else, but the things from here from a different time. You know, that like And it's like it might be that or it might be like a million other things. Exactly. But like imagine that. Like if you were if you had the ability to have a time machine, so like I guess it would be the but the like straight dope on Interstellar. I think it's a great, yeah. great science so like, sci-fi Star movie. Star Trek. What was the thing? The the prime the prime directive. You don't you don't interact with whatever planet you're going on to because you don't want to affect their natural evolution. You don't want to affect their natural biology. You don't admit that you're there. You don't show that you're there because you don't want to affect it. So like as a time traveler, that's the thing. Like you don't want to influence the past. Because it might future. fuck up yeah. your You don't want to be a biff. Exactly. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. fuck your mom. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be a biff. So, like, maybe these things that we see in the sky are not something from somewhere else because that seems totally intangible. The amount of space that we have, like, added on to the amount of time that it would, like, take to cross these levels of space, maybe it's just, like, I don't know, maybe time travel. Maybe travelers. it's time travel. Exactly. I'm a skeptic. I, I, I think that, that intergalactic space travel is more reasonable than time travel i want to talk about i want to talk about interstellar as prescient about humanity's long-term guarantee it's other planets yeah and that's an insurance plan we are we are going through this right now i watched like a like a, a a video the other day they brought the number of people going down to Mars to 100 and they're bringing it down to 24 people Yeah, but soon. that's total bullshit. It's, it's total we bullshit. Are, we are dealing with this right now. You mean you know what? It, like, like planetary travel? Yeah, no, we're well, talking this, Mars 1. Total bullshit, man. They've got no backup from the scientific community. Like everyone knows it's bullshit. The one theory that I heard... <laughs> suicide. Yeah, the one theory that I heard about this is that like the what they're trying to do they're trying to make a reality tv show to you know to get the space travel going on they don't have backup from nasa they don't have scientific cred what? but it's coming out of like norway what, like, no exactly so like the Jersey one theory Shore, that, that, but on Mars? exactly the one theory that i heard that actually makes sense is <laughs> Jersey Shore. pretending that it Mars exists edition. they're going to keep pretending that it's a real thing that's tangible and then when the government says, like, "I Wait. got Gregor's bang on real deck. He's hogging the Augusta machine, yeah. and <laughs> I'm trying to eat my food paste, but he is at all. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Let's vote him off. Let's put him to space into the sun." But I think what's going to happen is they're going to try to play off the fact that it exists, and then the government's going to say, "Like, wait, you can't kill these people. Don't do it." And they're going to be like, "Eh, well, we tried. Sorry, the government put us off." That's a good point. Okay, but like. But then you look angle. at people like Elon Musk, like the the founder of PayPal, Tesla, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like SpaceX, all this kind of thing. He is totally into getting a colony on Mars. And he's not about the reality TV bullshit. He's like, it's going to take us like 25, 35 years to get somebody there. We're actually going to do it. But that's the thing. Like, that's the only insurance plan that we have. Because if you think about it, not on a human time scale, but like unless you look at something like the Tunguska event in, in Russia where the where like a meteor exploded in the near atmosphere and blew up all those trees. But like 
we are living in a fucking cosmic shooting gallery. You know, like meteors are, are happening all the time. Not on a human time scale, but on a planetary time scale. Look at all the craters on Earth. Like, there's. You ever seen Armageddon? I have seen Armageddon. Bruce and, uh, we saw Armageddon, but not Interstellar. I don't understand why that movie didn't get, like, bigger draw. That I was guess, a pretty I, good draw. I really I liked that loved film. it. I really liked it. Hey, man. Armageddon had that Aerosmith song in it. That's true. And Ben Affleck, baby. <laughs> ben Affleck, Bruce Willis. Woo. It's a star-studded cast. It's Who's true. Interstellar got? Did Interstellar get nominated for any Oscars at all? Just the typical, like... like special effects. The special effects. Who's Oscar. in Interstellar? Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, baby. Anne Hathaway, Matt Damon. <laughs> hey, oh, that's a spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> No, it's a surprise cameo. It's a yeah. great movie. It's a really enjoyable movie. It's really movie. cool. It's, it's like, really cool. yeah? It's, it's, and it brings up some I, really cool concepts for, that, like, I, I wouldn't have thought about it's before. It's just great. I think it's a perception-changing film. Yeah. And I told, sci-fi. I forced sci-fi my parents greatest, to see it. what they think? My dad came home, and honestly, he just kind of grumbled. He's like, not an option. <laughs> what? And my mom... <laughs> not an option? And, and, what does and, that even what, mean? What? And no, that's good. That's <laughs> making him think. Right. And my mom's like... Don't you think they would have been hungry out there in space when they were drifting inside the black hole? I was like, Mom, you, know that you don't understand space mom. time. Time dilation. <laughs> if you were in a black hole, it's do you think you would be like, I could go for a sandwich right now? <laughs> it's literally the only thing she said about the film. Aww. Thinking like a mom. <laughs> Aren't they always. hungry? <laughs> so wait, what's, what's a Polish accent here? Because I don't know it. Um, you know what? I don't think there's one. No, there is. I've heard there's, your mom and dad speak. They've got Polish accents. I hear them I just speak can't all my life. It. I don't actually, I can't pick it up. Right, because I feel like it's almost like a German kind of thing. Aren't they hungry? No, Germans have real oh, heavy, okay. heavy. Okay. Your parents are so cute. I've only met them once, but like their accents were just so charming. They're very, on first meeting, very charming parents. <laughs> I, I hear like you, to, I hear like you scream at them on the phone, but on first meeting... <laughs> They're, they're, Very charming. They know that my friends in enrich my life and and they so like they're, so to actually nice, meet nice them. To us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's good. That's I loved good. I loved going to your house with Nate and just being like oh, I still been the there. ideal like guests and just like being really happy. Oh hi mom. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and she like loved Nate and stuff. Aw. She 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 calls him. Your roommate with the smile? <laughs> oh, he's got Aww. a good smile. He does have a good smile. That's true. If you want to come to Ottawa, I told you, you're invited. Yeah, I'm, when? I'm there next week. I'm always there for like two weeks at random times. You're the, the busy thing. man. That's the thing, man. This you, whole seven day a week thing. You got to find time. Yeah, seven day a week thing. You're welcome. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. That's the thing. I, I took off time from Cardinal because of my wrist. And uh, God damn, I took like a month off. And so for the first time in since, fuck, over a year, or no, almost a year, had I had a weekend off. And it was the most incredible thing ever. I had Sarah over, we played video games all yeah, day. what happened? Well, it was just like video games, fast food, and sex for like 48 hours. It was amazing. Guilt but then I was free. like, wait a second. Not only am I not making money, but I have all this time to spend money. So it was like That's an exponential <laughs> like poverty gap. So last weekend I worked and 
you know that was that was good it's also interesting when you have jobs that um account for your expenses like if exactly. you work in a bar, you drink for free. Exactly. Or I work at a restaurant and I eat for and, free. And and you, you yeah. eat for free and you're yeah. you're making money and enjoying like the fruits of like a nice life. Like exactly. eating out and drinking in yeah, bars yeah. and blah blah blah. Yeah. But then when you don't have that going on and all of a sudden you're you're <laughs> taking money out of pocket and like you live that life. Yeah, not only you're, are you not making the money, but you're spending you're not, extra money that you don't have. And the weird thing about the service industry is like you're surrounded by well to do people. And you feel yeah. like you are one of them. Exactly. But you're not, <laughs> not at, all. at all. You're making <laughs> way, way less yeah. money. But you feel like you kind of are because you're in that world, yeah. right? Mike, have you ever thought about getting a, like a part-time job, even like one or two days a week, just to like expand your horizons, just like hang out and interact with people who you never would have met before? Yeah, actually, I've been thinking about that recently. I was thinking of getting office space in Corinne's building. Right. Just to do the nine to five and not, if you, if you work at home, you've, you're always at work. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like and I then there's, there's up, no influx I'm, of other people. I'm supposed to be working yeah, and yeah. like Andy comes home, yeah. Nate comes home, Jill comes home. Yeah. And, um, I, I think the biggest thing that I have never gotten from a job is social development. Mm-hmm. See, it, that's the thing, man. I could, I've actually uh, brought it up in like interviews. They're like, "What's right. your weakness?" I was like, "You know what? I never talked to anybody. <laughs> right, I'm gonna right, have right. to like." <laughs> what's that's the, one of those like good like, answers to that question. What's I think. the line? Like, get a hang of the ropes. I don't even know what the lines are. Yeah. Well, that that's something that I could like. I mean, not help you out with. I'm not in terms of helping you, but like, if you if you want to expand your horizons, I think it'd be really cool just to get like a regardless of the pay because the pay is fucking shit but like just like a day a week to like you know hang out with people that you never would have interacted with in any other circumstance you know you make a couple bucks but you know i think it's it's more that's the thing what i do at blizz is i work by myself i work alone you know i do the management thing i don't have to deal with anybody i just do what i want to do during the day and then that's it but what's cool about cardinal is like you know you you just interact with people you know, it's like the pay is shit, but the the pros of it is just like you hang out with people that you otherwise wouldn't never have met. And so you get to meet different walks of life and just say like, okay, hey, we work together. So like we're kind of pseudo friends. I think that I, I, I don't know. That's something that I feel like I can't imagine just, you know, you're, you're, you work at home, you work by yourself. And I feel like that may be something that, that could be like missing. That's the thing. I try to imagine myself working alone. I'm like the one, like I'd love to work alone, but what would be missing from my life would be like just meeting people that you never would have met before. You know, I totally understand that. I think there are surrogates for that. (laughs) I mean, I try to listen to a new album and read a couple articles every day just to learn. Mm -hmm. And that's part of like my coffee break and stuff like that. But but you're totally right. That's a, that's actually a, a major thing like it impacts my life in ways I never thought it would. Yeah. As opposed to like joining a club or paying to be around other people, bring it onto the other side and get like, get paid to be around other people. You know what I'm saying? Gun club. Uh, (laughs) Gun club would be pretty cool. uh, I'd like to join a soccer team again. Ah, that'd be cool. But working in just out of the house would probably be even better. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple days a week. Like, 
Even my time that I spent at that horrible restaurant, Houston and Square Victoria, I actually would, I wish I, I didn't quit that job, you know? It kind of sucked that it was like Saturday, Sunday nights. Or Friday, yeah, you, you got bad hours like Fridays. It was Friday, but Saturday. You, you still saw but you I was, Saturdays. I was, I would still party after because I'd finish around midnight sure. or one. So yeah. it's like not like my night uh-huh. is shot, you know. But you don't start drinking until like twelve thirty. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna pick up another gig like that. My work lately has been slowing down. I'm kind of. Running yeah, that's empty. the other thing. Dependable work. You were flush. Yeah. I was flush, and I I I, I, I acted is, as if I was flush, which was the mistake. You know, I didn't I didn't take into I account the fact that this, this amount of work anymore. could drop off at a certain point. That's, you that's, quit. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Or well, no. I just mean like that. Is also, in terms of like the work I do for Andrew and stuff like that, it's like working for this. How does? What? How does he do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. When I come back, I want to talk about music. It's the one. Yes, good call. It's it's our white whale. <laughs> it's true. Speaking of white whale, before The Hobbit, we saw this trailer for. They're making a Moby Dick movie. Really? Yeah. They they have just they're hit just like, the bottom of the barrel for that's it. movie they're ideas. Like, they're they're just like, oh, wait, 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 we never made a Moby Dick movie. Oh fuck! Oh, let's get Russell Crowe in it. Okay, fine. No, it's not Russell Crowe, but it's like what? what's his name as Thor? Like who's that? Like it's not Swedish Russell Crowe, dude. Who's Thor in the Avengers? I don't know, but I know who you mean. You know, like the big blonde, beautiful man, Dolph Lundgren. No, no, he's like some big Norwegian beautiful dude, uh, but as you know, the captain. He looks. Like he he looks whale. like a Norse god. Yeah, exactly. So he's perfectly cast for that perfectly movie. Perfectly cast. But yeah, no. In this movie, he's like the captain, and uh, but you know what's insane? They're not even calling it Moby Dick. It's called like in the heart of the sea, or, or something. Like, Just call it Moby Dick. That's, that's what it is. Just call it, Moby, call it Moby Dick. They must have made an old school Moby Dick movie. They must have. I haven't heard of anything. I, I, of I, I can't think of one, but I'm like, that's such an obvious, like, classic story that Orson Welles would make into a movie. Yeah, but here's he, the thing. Like, you need the whale. Right. So, like, I don't know. Spielberg did it in the 70s with Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back on it now, like, you can see why they added so little of the actual rubber shark because it looked like shit. Right. That's what yeah. made the tension but, of that movie is not showing it, but yeah. But I mean, can you also trying to do that with the giant white sperm whale. Moby Dick is. <laughs> I've never read Moby Dick, but I, friends of mine have, and they've talked about it. And it's like, yeah, there's just like passages and passages just about like the technique of whaling. Yeah, it's and, so cool. And like, and like about like where the, the blubber goes of, into like, the whale, kerosene and like yeah. it's that thick for a reason. They get yeah. into some scientific stuff there. Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> you know what? Did I tell you that like. Some people were telling me like, "Hey, your bio for Ernest and Ernestine was like really poetic." It was like, I literally replaced like prairies with sea, or seas with prairies, and Ishmael with Evan from the first <laughs> like three lines of Moby Dick. You're like, call me Evan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. Oh man. So let, let's talk about this music thing, man. Like, you guys are doing an album. Like, what's up with this? How far is this along? Yeah, me and Mike are making an album. We are pretty far along in the process. We're recording the final takes for every song. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
the project started as uh, it was born from a mutual love of uh, early '90s alternative rock. Okay, but I feel that it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of it's veered away that? veered away from that kind of uh, right. uh, central point. Would you Would you agree, Mike? So, how would you define it? Like, what? Uh, I you know what? I hate this question as much as anybody else, but like genre thematic elements like how would you how would you to somebody who's never heard it before how would you describe it like how would you talk about it i think it's hard to talk about this record i think about this record every day i think it's i think it it's a asexual apolitical <laughs> deconstructionist record ooh so what you got drums and guitar mainly and then what like you guys playing we've some got, other instruments we've into got drums this, and guitar yeah we've got some more guitar and some bass right it's a pretty standard setup as far as instrumentation goes when's it dropping uh may early may oh shit so you, may, like yeah. you got a you got a you know, that was one of the things that really intrigued me about Mike's creative process going into the album, is that he's like, we have to have a deadline. And mm. I was like, I've never thought about applying a deadline to any of my no, that really helps. personal artistic. Like, a deadline helps a lot with work, yeah. with work things, but I'd never thought to do that with, you know, something that I'm making on my own volition. Right. And it's been actually a eye-opening experience working because it's, a deadline is always the thing that makes me complete tasks. And yeah. It's just... You know what? That That's the thing. A deadline... I, I work better under pressure. Yeah. You know, I'm a total procrastinator. Right. So if I don't me have a too. deadline, it's just kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And then nothing happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then it's like three years later, it's like, I haven't done shit. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. That's been good. Mike has a very... Do you guys know. have a name for the album? Do we? We have no, a working title. Yeah. We're, we, we're still like we're, we're we all dish out band names when well, you don't have a band name over right. text and stuff like that i've turned my key on the band name have you turned your key you think about it as the the keys that unlock the nuclear <laughs> okay let's hear yours what's your turn rocket? key band name it's his name it's his he came up with a band name i kind of was like listen you come up with a band name i'm terrible with names <laughs> okay but he came up with one and i turned my key on it so let's hear it what is it it's playing the darling playing the darling mm -hmm. and the album a working title is living apart oh i really like that there's no commentary wait on what about rape the town you know what? we consider that that's in the main <laughs> pile i love that name <laughs> what as the album or the band name band name i mean either oh, either either one really no i really like playing the darling yeah you know, Ben liked it too. Ben Ben said it was very emo. Ben would say that. Yeah, he would. Well, no, yeah, anything with darling in it, you know, lends itself to the emoisms. Yeah, but that's true. I don't I, feel like it's an emo album. I actually got it from uh, a football. How many tracks? A football preview that I read. The Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl champions are playing the darling. Of the tournament, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> okay. How many I, tracks? Playing the Darling. It's 12 that's tracks. Holy shit. They're Boys. very short. If you put it in that context, that's an awesome name. 
I actually, there, it's a highly interpretable name. I, I see it as, are you playing someone else? Exactly, or as are the darling? You, or are you playing, playing. darling? Yeah, and I get it. I think the album title, the 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 working title is, I actually got it from acting theory when I was looking around. Like my books? <laughs> living apart, you have to actually live your, your, your part you can't pretend oh my god so not living apart but living a part i think it's it's open to the different interpretations just like the name of the band but um, if it's a part one word it's like a part like that's the thing but or it's a a part which is what you were saying yeah okay that's fascinating Living uh, apart. That's better. That, that's better than I thought. See, you were saying you living sh- apart. Yeah. That makes it sound like a love. Would be interesting thing. if you did yeah. it with no spaces. So living apart with no spaces. Yeah, so you idea. didn't know if it was apart or a part, or you know, if the whole thing is just one word. Living apart. I like. Yeah. I like the ambiguity of hearing it and seeing it. Actually, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. And what I read about that is just if you act without. Ha, like that being undergirded with who you are it's seeming not being right and that it's like a it's like a part of acting yeah i'm and really i'm really excited to hear this i haven't heard heard those are that's I dude heard like, i think those are incredible names yeah yeah i so i listen back to the takes and i and i i think about the album all the time and Sometimes I it makes me a- ask myself like what are we trying to accomplish? Right. And so what do, what are we what is the message? What are we trying to say? So, what is it? We originally got together just for the love of the process of making a record. Right. This is yeah. my sixth album. Right. And Arsenio went to school for producing records. This yeah. is a sh- mutual shared love for it. But like I read, I listen to takes. It's I described it as a deconstructionist record. It's just mm. trying to just do something new. Right. You've heard, you've seen this movie before. <laughs> right. You've heard these songs before. You yeah. asked for a genre. Yeah. Any, any, that just conjures up bands that don't exist anymore. Sure. Like, what are you trying to do? Yeah, like, yeah. What's the point of doing this? Mm. And I think, I, I, I've been thinking about this and the, why I'm putting so much time into this is just, to have the conversation with my pal Arseni what can we do right and what does it mean to be human beautiful I think I think a lot (laughs) he's always saying like why aren't there any love songs on this album (laughs) I love love songs (laughs) I love love songs too and I that's just not my experience. Mm. And I'm I'm I, I just want to What else is there? Is it going to be like a double fantasy type album where it's where it's like John Lennon playing all these amazing songs and then Yoko Ono <laughs> like playing all <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? We we, we share we share vocal duties. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, there there's but there's definitely a duality. There's some songs that that Mike has composed like complete like basically completely, and some songs that I've composed basically completely, and some songs that we've worked together on. Well, and 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 composed as a duo. But all the songs were were kind of going back and forth and playing this sort of game of tennis of like, well, why don't we do this? No, no, that's stupid. Well, I love. <laughs> the, well, we'll do this instead. And I love the idea of um, I like. As genres, I think genre, like the idea of a genre um, is very useful. It's kind of antiquated, though. Well, to be perfectly well, honest. Well, but a genre comes from um, like criticism and like right. the way that people talk Where about you music. Come like from. what is like, yeah. and what I would say is like uh, like rock like rock and roll is a yeah. genre, okay? And like classic rock and roll, like Chuck Berry. Um, Elvis, Elvis, uh, Jerry, Little Lee, Richard. Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard. Haley if you look at, comics. if you look, all, that's rock and roll to me. And th- and then if you look at a band like the Beatles, who if you would ask John Lennon or Paul McCartney back in the day, who are your main influences? That's those are the names they would list sure. off. Right. But are the Beatles a rock and roll band? I guess so. Like that's how you, you yeah, like the genre kind of grows. But that. it only it only grows because the Beatles transcend the genre. Yeah. And I think anybody that's truly great. You know, will have their influences from whatever idea of a genre that people have come to label it as. So then, I guess we don't aside hide from, our yeah, aside from asking you what the genre is, then what would be your influences in in this record? I mean, I guess I'd ask you separately because I'm assuming that you you both have different influences. We both bring different things to the table. Uh, I'm I'm heavily in- influenced by. Post punk, ambient music, okay, grunge, and okay. the '90s alt rock, pavement, garbage. Oh, Mike's a big fan of pavement. I like some pavement songs too. I, I'm coming from sort of more of a post rock kind of background. With a lot of the guitar stuff that I do, right? Um, Gregor Samsa, Godspeed. See, it's it's funny. Like, oh, Godspeed. God yeah. damn! See, it's funny having you in in the studio again. Like there, there was a there was a point. Uh, I mean, I don't want to bring this conversation back to me, but I guess that's what I'm doing. But um, we we had like what was it six seven months ago? You came into the studio and you were drumming with uh, with my friend Matt and I. Yeah, it was a while ago. Super fucking cool, man! And it just kind of I don't know. As life goes, it kind of dematerialized. It just didn't happen. But like. God damn! Like that was a that was super special. Like I, I I would love to get back in the studio with you, whether it's in your studio or my studio. Like that's that's kind of what's missing. Like everybody who who wanted to make music with me is kind of just like kind of dematerialized. That was cool. I enjoy yeah, doing it. I would enjoy. I would to find drummers. I would enjoy playing with you, but on a real drum set next time. No, that's the thing, man. That's what's <laughs> super unfortunate about this space is like. For anybody listening, the space that we're in is more of a production space. Like it's mostly DJs and producers. So like, there's no, there's no drum kit in here. Like I've got all my guitar amps and blah blah well, blah in here. But it's an interesting. Is there anything to bring up? Like, uh, as far as like electronic music sort of taking over. Right. Like now that now it's all about the producer, and it's like you're going yeah. to see a show. More nine times out of ten, you're going to see a. A guy, pl- a guy, a play. producer, a, a producer, <laughs> yeah, like John, Ho- like going to see John Hopkins yeah. on New Year's. A lot of times, you're going to a show these days. You're going to see a guy in front of a laptop, 
or some sort of electronic setup yep. playing his stuff. You yeah. don't really see bands anymore. And if you do, it almost feels like this retro thing. It's like, ooh, I'm going to go see this band play. Yeah. And it has this like that, sort of... See, what I wanted to do is like combine the and, two, you know? And for the longest time, I've, I've been very anti uh, like electronic music. Because I played in a band for years. Yeah. When I was in high school, I just listened to the Beatles. I listened to just bands, like the band yeah. and like yeah. Talking Heads. <laughs> the band. Like, the and band. I was like, fucking A. The band. And, band. I, and I was like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not real and it sucks if it's not like a guitar and a, yeah. and a, and a, and a I feel a like there's a level a that you can bring into and electronic music that allows you to have high stakes. No, but like my know? views have changed over the years. Yeah. Like living with you guys, because you guys love electronic music. And we all remember the eternal battle between <laughs> funk and DMB. <laughs> yeah, I recall. Drum and bass? Oh, yeah, yeah it's drums and bass, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think disco was the middle ground. Yeah. Yeah, um, but like, but I've, I've come around. Like, honestly, like, you know, people like. Um, well, Window Liquor is like one of your top hits. It's now. one of my top <laughs> hits. And like, it's a great song. The yeah. way I get now into I walk in a living room, Andy's just. Dejected. It's got that <laughs> listening to rhubarb. It has that. It has that <laughs> it's, it's got that funk. But like, yeah. like I've gotten, to, I've gotten to know, um, like electronic artists that just have an emotional quality to to it, which was what I thought was missing from electronic music. Exactly. Like, it, yeah. like I always thought that that was gone. Like that human element was well, yeah, not there. When you look at it objectively, it's like people are just like mm, they don't care. You and know? it's They're computerized and it's like electronics. Like, 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 but then you listen to something like Aphex Twin Window Liquor. But that's wow. Aphex Twin Window Liquor or or the Volume Two Ambient album. I've listened to that so many times, and it's just like corrugated tubing. It's 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 an album that all that shit because radiator. Oh. The beautiful thing about music is the way that it just kind of enters your life, like, and it's not even your choice to like it or not. It's just like what I happen to play yeah, over and over here again. Here it is, and like, oh shit, Mike, it's affecting me. Now. Mike will play for me so many albums, and like, it's the best part of living with Mike. Is like, I've got a new music, I've got new music to show you, and a lot of times I don't listen to, or I'll listen to it, but I won't listen to it again. Right. But then every so often, there's an album that Michael play for me, and I'll listen to it over and over, and like this John Frusciante album curtains you played that for me as just like one of those random things well just, like, i thought the complete opposite i thought that you would have showed mike the john the filters Fushanji through album. the wall it just makes me smile i checked it out i well i thought you were the john pushyanti guy and that mike no no god no your... mike's been the guy who's oh, really? the entire john pushyanti discography interesting because i've seen the online interaction between you guys with the john pushyanti but it's it's, it's just such a fascinating thing how how um, like a song or an album will come into your life and it will just just sort of influence you sort of unconsciously and it'll just like right. be something that you put on when you're in a certain mood mm-hmm. or, or you'll you'll go back to it without really thinking about it like oh I feel like this so I'm going to put on this it's just like what you happen to put on but then it just that plays into your life in that yeah. way you know and um, uh, I don't know what my point is but it's just like I guess the idea of um genres or you know trying to make new music is something that I haven't done in a long time yeah but that must be a whole other element of that where you're just trying to I often talk about, about it. that's what I think admire about, about you guys I, is like you're, you're making new music and that's something that really like gets to my fucking core and makes me feel like I'm a piece of shit is because like I, I've noticed myself saying like when I used to make music and that's like a really fucking Ugh. Man needs it, deadlines. It, it hits me at my core. It's like, wait, why am I not saying 
because I make music or as I'm making music. But no, when when people ask me about something, I'm saying why when I used to make music, and that's fucking shitty, you know? That because hurts, like man. you know, it's I I what I'm using the studio for right now is podcasting, which is great. Obviously, we're here. Episode 15. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a... 15. I, I can't Woo. believe that we've done 15 fucking episodes. 15 right. three-hour episodes in here. Consistent every week. But at the same time, you know, the other... the other, uh, All the other minutes that I'm using in the studio is either podcasting or sound design for plays. And what I am... What I thought I was paying for this studio for was to make my own music. And I haven't done any of that. You know, I haven't done any of it at all. And that's kind of depressing you know like and you guys are fucking doing it you're doing it you're putting out fucking 12 tracks that's insane we treat it like labor yeah you know well, what and like you know i, feel I, like I need I somebody to, to, to bring our senny's work ethic is really incredible i mean you have to treat it, it not like how, how did andy put it once Inspirations for beginners, <laughs> right? True art. Inspiration. Is, that's it's a Chuck Close line. The artist is like inspiration is for amateurs. Or my uh, that, there's that that line, and then my other favorite one is from uh, Evelyn Wow, I think, or some some writer who was asked by an interviewer. He's like, uh, the interviewer asks, "Do you write um, only when the inspiration strikes, or do you have a habit every day?" And he's like, "I write only when inspiration strikes." Thank God, inspiration strikes every morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's right. the thing. I feel like my problem is I need, I need to just find people who are from, willing. For me, know? what it comes That's down a to, huge like thing. the you have to, you people collaborate, play tennis with. Willing, yeah. willing, I could not do anything without him. Right. Colla- accountability. I work and, with Arthur. Yeah. It's you need somebody to account. That's that's so huge. Yeah. Accountability is so huge. Like. And it's it's like I think the creative process overlaps in any art form. Like when I when I talk when I'm making uh, plays, I'm doing shows with Martin. Like Martin is my collaborator, and we're yeah. meeting every day and working on this thing. And I wouldn't do it if I didn't have somebody who was accountable for. And I, I, it, it works both ways, right? Like we're both in this thing. So like yeah, like, like where were you and, last weekend, and, man? What the and, fuck? And to put it to put it in really simple <laughs> yeah. terms, I cannot wake up in the morning if I don't have if I set a goal for myself. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to sleep through it. Yeah. I'm going to sleep in and snooze every day. But if I have to wake up and meet somebody for something, I will get up and be on time. No exactly. problem. Yeah. No you're problem. Somebody else down. Exactly. exactly. So the accountability really yeah. has something to do with it. That's it. Yeah, I think that's important, especially with something as nebulous as art. You know, if you yeah. you want to make an album by yourself, like and the thing you, is, nobody needs art. Oh, nobody, nobody needs, needs it. it. No one and needs it. So it's not like it's not like this album. You know, nobody is. It's not like it's not like a house. Yeah. No one's sitting there waiting that people are waiting to move into exactly. that I have yeah. to finish. No. Nobody needs your album. Yeah, but no. Because you have somebody Nobody else needs your painting. your fucking gears for it, like, that's really important. And that's it. That's what yeah. I'm fucking missing right now is, like, I used to have this guy named Matt. You met Matt. Yeah. And that, like, we made some really cool shit, but then he moved off to Vancouver, and now he's, like, exploring fucking Asia, and I'm just kind of sitting here doing podcasts and sound design. Fuck me. Thanks, Andrew. You leave the sound design <laughs> hey, out I, of this. I'm, 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 I'm your your accountability for those. No, things. that's it. That's it. And for those things, it's true. You, <laughs> you you're, you're, you are you're that. blind. You don't see. Who. <laughs> if I had to do this podcast by myself, there's no way I would show up. <laughs> Neither would you. It's true. It's totally 100 percent true. You know what's really funny is like Andrew and I have been talking about doing um, like our own, yeah, you know, like one-on-one podcast for a while. What's really 
interesting is that like we did the first two episodes by ourselves just like we got really drunk talking about a podcast we're like yeah let's do it we did it for two episodes Metacast. and then we yeah we we brought in a guest and we brought in martin we brought in this dude nikki raisins who happened to show up at our podcast and for so this is our 15th 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 episode so for 13 episodes in a row we've had different guests on every single time and it's fucking crazy like nobody's listening to this shit really nobody is listening to this shit we've got like 14 subscribers it's not nobody <laughs> it's not nobody but at the same time like we're just doing this for for ourselves basically can't even find you on google that's not nobody i know yeah mike was telling me today like he tried to look us up and he searched like evan johnston andrew cameron ejaculation i'm like <laughs> that's pretty specific it's very specific and yet With google the doesn't quotes. yeah google doesn't <laughs> bring it in and so he's saying like but that's really weird because isn't like, there a soundcloud page for it yeah it hasn't been cached yet. I don't know. I guess I've got to like talk to Google. To yeah, you have hey. to. You have to notify Google. Yeah, be like give be us. Like, Yo, this what's up? We've yeah. been doing this podcast. Yeah. We Put just us got on a your Twitter. Shit. I feel like we have to like tweet at prolific yeah. podcasters and be like, "Hey, you know how you said like everybody should do their own podcast? We're doing it." Yeah, I mean, there's a whole other aspect, and this is another thing when it comes to making art, where it's 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 not even. Uh, like the business aspect of it, but there's a certain degree of self promotion that you need in yeah. order to not just which we be, haven't done not just of. be fucking around, yeah. you know. And like we ha- I, we had a funny moment the other night when we were you know talking about our uh, our blizzards on night on Mondays. Yeah. That, again, nobody really comes to except for people who are <laughs> passing by. Like we're really yeah. li- living off the location of the bar if anybody comes in at all. Yeah. And it's like we were talking about like maybe we should start pretending to give a shit. And I was like <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we've been pretending to give a shit this whole time, <laughs> and we and, actually have and maybe we shit. should start giving a shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the difference. I don't know, but yeah. and it's a funny it thing. It's funny. With, I had a conversation with my parents today. Uh, my dad called me because like we haven't talked in like three weeks, and you know, like you you need the the you know semi regular conversation with your parents. You know, especially like where I don't know where where are your parents? They're in Vancouver. In Vancouver. Okay, so like. All our parents are not in the same place that we are, so we don't actually have like a, a one-on-one connection with them at any given time. So I, you know, I used to call them every Monday night before we were setting up for You're So Baby. It's like I would call them and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. It had been a few weeks since I actually called them. So my dad called me today. He's like, hey, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, well, I'm doing the podcast. He's like, so uh, can I like hear it? Like, what? where do I find it? I'm like, listen, dad, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. And if for some reason you find it, don't tell me that you found it. Because it will completely. <laughs> yeah. It we will talk about duck off. penises on my <laughs> That's podcast. That's the thing. We talk about like weird, like like black as night Russian dudes and like <laughs> no no we talk about our penises that's, yeah exactly that's what we talk about you don't want to hear I don't it. care if my dad hears no, me literally, talking about I had, tell, I had to tell my dad and my mom just like they know that I'm doing a podcast I haven't told them how to find it I was like if you do somehow find it don't ever tell me that you found it it's not parent appropriate you don't want to hear this shit cause like it's like really we, we were talking about last week and the week before it's just like it would completely change the dynamic of how we have these weird conversations. Is like, yeah. if you knew that your mom was listening 
Do but you talk about I, like I, a I've girl said, peeing in your bed? Like she yeah. looks forward to every podcast. I've said that. that I've Andy said that, puts out. I've said that from the beginning. Oh crap! I've said that from the beginning. Like if my mom heard this podcast, it would, it would, I would want to censor myself. But yeah. then I thought about, I thought about it. They more. wouldn't really but care. Thought, but I think it's I've, more in your own head. That, well, I've, yeah, I've thought about it more. I'm like, what if my mom found the podcast and literally listened to everything that I've said? And I'm like, she'd the, know at, you a little better. At the end of the day, <laughs> would it really, would it, would it really change anything? I think the only thing that would change is your perception of how you present yourself. Right. But I feel like it might be if you'd have a few awkward conversations, and then you would just end up knowing each other a bit better. And I like, I have a good relationship with my parents. Like my parents know at heart who I am. They might right. not know some right. of the shenanigans that I've gotten into over the right. months. But do they think I'm just? reading books every night like <laughs> just going to bed what, be like, they, they don't ask me a lot of questions and granted he's like just, on, the, on, the other, infinite jazz. on the other side of the coin like <laughs> there's i'm sure there's a lot of things about my parents life that i don't oh, know yeah, about yeah, and yeah, that yeah, they're yeah, not exactly. they're actively not sharing from me absolutely yeah. you know For and sure. that so have i'm you ever not interested experienced in. like a moment where your parents revealed something that like you had no idea you know it could ever have happened i mean but, like in an adult conversation like being an adult around your adult parents um, you experience? I've I've t- heard my parents talk about their drug use, and it's always been very tame. And I know right. that it's very like they've they've uh, like watered it down the same yeah. way that I would water it down <laughs> if I was talking to them. I had but, a moment, where but, like, but like the moments that I have had with my parents have been extremely traumatic. Like I remember driving across the country with my parents; they were doing this uh, fringe festival tour, okay. and I I was like twelve old years old. Okay, and I found my dad's like Nicorette pack and I'm oh, like why wow. do you have this <laughs> oh shit and I okay. not only found out that my dad used to <laughs> smoke but that he currently like chews tobacco and is trying to quit right. and I was I was devastated why because are you I, doing this because I was I was taught from a young age campaign. that tobacco and cigarettes yeah. and, and everything cigarettes like are that gross is, and smelly. is evil and yeah. like horrible the and devil. I was like I had this it was you know this is one of those moments where I've like, I've lived this very privileged life. It's like my dad's like an alcoholic or anything, but it was like (laughs) to plumb the depths of my shallowness. I found out that my dad used to smoke and I broke down. Right. And I was just like, I had a moment where I was with, um, not just my parents, but my parents like long term friends. So my parents have like another couple that like, uh, the, the, the guy of the couple was my dad's best man the the woman of the couple was my mom's uh bridesmaid so like they're they go way back but i think i was like 15 and they were talking about like doing mushrooms and like going to this person's house like oh wow yeah you remember how like crazy that like flower vase was we just like stared at the flowers forever and i was like (laughs) i hadn't even done psychedelics at this point i was like what the fuck are you guys talking about don't even worry about it but so like now like we're we're on the same plane like we all know that like we've done psychedelics and blah 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 but like yeah it it's just weird you know like it it's the same thing we talked about before it's like you you get that your parents have had sex you know like that's something you never want to talk about but you understand and I feel like it's the same kind of thing with parents drug use you know if like they hide it from you your entire life because they want you to be a productive member of society so they don't tell you that they've actually done it. But like, so, so Mike, like, have your parents ever had like a weird conversation to you, with you about drugs? Like, did, have they ever done drugs or like, or like caught you 
doing drugs or something like that? No. There was one... The only time my mom ever got drunk... <laughs> I don't know if she had, like... Had, had just, like... Analyzed my behavior with my <laughs> friends or something. Right. But the only time I ever saw her drunk... She expressed her interest in weed. Wow. And she told me that she'd never done it but she talked about it wow and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> i don't know what about you arsenio what's your relationship with well you? i don't know my parents, parents are super immigrant okay. status so russian they, right? yeah they're, they're they grew up in the soviet union there wasn't really drugs around um my dad and my mom kind of have the idea that every drug you do or could do is crack <laughs> and that there's no difference between smoking a joint and shooting up heroin. Right. Where are they living right now? They live in Vancouver. Okay. Um, they don't even really drink much. They're like, my dad will have a drink, you know, right. like with dinner or something like that. But um, one time when he was 16, my brother hotboxed <laughs> the bathroom <laughs> at of our course. place. And my parents it's thought it was... bathroom. A, yeah, my parents thought it was a fire. That was going on. Like, what's that smoke? smoke? There's some smoke coming from the bathroom. And they walked in, and my it's brother was dank ass smoke. My brother was high as a kite in the bathroom, having just hot boxed and it. They and home? they were ready to send him to rehab for marijuana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a um, mistake by your brother. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny watching people's relationship. Like, I I went to a party once with, um, and there was this Korean kid, and he was fucking drunk and it was like like way more way drunker than anybody at the party to the point where he was like incoherent and he was babbling about how his parents were gonna be like really mad at him right for this and it was like he was really fucked up and then eventually he sort of i think went home or his parents picked him up or something like that but i found out later that because of that night his parents like cut him off from a lot of money that they were saving for oh, him for no. school and like they no. like really fucked him over like in, in life for like getting drunk one night like that was just such a discretion right that it just went against this everything the thing, like I, yeah. I i think about like the way that my and then it's and then you cut, cut to like, like a successful like french kid living in france it's like yeah you have a glass of wine with dinner yeah of course you will. At Why 12? wouldn't you? At 12. Like, yeah, have yeah. some wine. You couldn't have got here without it. That betrays the the law of natural consequences. Yeah. Well, you, you know what's interesting is, like, the, the idea that, like, okay, so you have a kid, and, like, you want them to obey your rules. But if you think about it, the entire, like, natural, like, baseline of that child is to, like, exist beyond... Your parents, you know, their their entire existence is based on I want to make my own life for myself. Yeah. I want to exist beyond this, you know, domicile of, of my parents' home. And so like how how are you supposed to deny that? You know, like so they want to be the drugs. trippiest. Wanna, that must be the trippiest experience. I can't imagine that. Must be that. beyond so any drug. That's the thing. Like, I try to imagine making myself a person as a parent. Yeah, having you know, kids like, is probably the trippiest thing. That's you can the do. thing. Like, I try to imagine myself as a parent. I'm I like, fuck okay. the chick, and then there's a new person yeah. who is like me in so many ways, <laughs> exactly. but is at least is also like a, a totally it's different. Also person. Yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, and changes all and just the a time. Different entity that that <laughs> exists totally outside of me and has, in a lot of ways, nothing to do with me. Yeah, I can't imagine. That must be bizarre. What I would, what I would assume that like 
I I can't imagine myself as a fucking parent because I can't even imagine myself as a normal human being. I was like, yet. I can't even look after myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't even look after myself, let alone my fucking kids. But, but like, yeah. I mean, I also feel like that's a, uh, the case with a lot of people who. Yeah, but like parents. once you get to that point, I guess like it. it you got to grow up fast. Yourself. That's yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. But like, I guess what I would try to do is like, I don't know, weed. I used to smoke a lot of weed, so I guess I'd say like, okay, you know, what? I have an aunt. My cousin, my younger cousin, this is a really trippy moment in my life. My younger cousin, who was always just like this kid, you know, he turned 20 today, which is actually older than the girl that I'm seeing right now, which is really fucking weird. Did you text him? Yeah, I called him. I called him. We had a really good nice. conversation. Like, we're, we're bros. But like, his... He's his not pa- that much, like, even younger than me. Like No, it's true. It's true. Good point. But like what his parents have have done is like they they always gave him condoms, you know. They would say like, listen, you know, if you're gonna have sex, we're gonna give you condoms. You know, if you want to smoke weed, smoke weed. Just call us if you need a ride. You know, which is like kind of the opposite of what my parents did, which is like kind of a complete. Don't ever don't fuck. do any of this shit. Which don't will, do it. Which will make you do it. Exactly. Right. Which made me want to do it even more. So like I would like, sneak I'm out just, all the time. I would fuck people and just like yeah. I'm just as a, I'm opposed just, to like this kid, my cousin, who would like you know he had permission to do it, which right. I feel like is kind of but, the best way to go about it. And the way, it, the way, you know? the, and I, and knowing that the way that I would approach like if I had a kid now and if I was going to talk to them about drugs or sex or anything like yeah. that, I feel like the, uh, I would I would just be like. I would just say, like, this has been my experience. This is what yeah. I did all the drugs. Yeah. This is what they do to you. Yeah. You know? So do like, it responsibly. If, like, this is, call me. This is call what, me if you need this help. Is, if you need help, this is what can ha- this, is, this is all the bad side of it. Yeah. But this is all the good side of it. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to do drugs because drugs yeah. are awesome. How could I do that? Exactly. You know? And, and that's it's like, why I feel like we're kind of in a, in a, in a like, polar shift of, of humanity right now. You know? I feel like our generation of people... Like aside from like some serious like like blase motherfuckers, most people have done drugs. Most people have drank before the the legal age of drinking. So I feel like passing it on to your kids has more to do with like telling them what it's all about as opposed to you know almost like an abstinence only kind of yeah. idea. You know? Yeah, like, like pass on what you've learned. Like exactly. yo, when you're gonna candy flip. This or is what like, you gotta watch exactly. out for. Exactly. Or, or it's drink like, lots of water. <laughs> or drink like, lots of water and keep your cell phone charged so I can pick you up when I or, need or to. The whole, or or the, the Bill Burr idea about like, like my dad, uh, like I'm not gonna let my kid go to drama class. My dad, <laughs> if I said I was gay, he would beat the shit out of me. I'm just imagining what his dad would do to him. You know, and it's like you take the best things that your parents give you and you try to just take yeah. it a step further. You're going to fuck up your kids no matter what you do. Yeah. But you just, the idea, I guess, would be to just take the best things from your parents if yeah. they exist. Like, yeah. like I, I had awesome things. parents, so I feel like yeah. that will, that in and of itself would make me a you good know, parent. You know, it's interesting. So, like, but Mike, I know, I know both you, Andrew, and Mike, like your parents are still alive. They're still involved in your life. Are sending your parents... Are they together? Yeah, they're alive and they're together. Right. Yeah. So you know what? It's interesting because like we're we're all in this room. We're talking about our parents. Like they're they're all you know together, s- still doing their thing. Which is almost a rarity. These it days. is a really rarity. Like yeah. I I went to um, I was in French immersion, throughout school, and like one of the things that 
like not only did I grow up from like basically kindergarten to grade 12 with the exact same school of people but all of those kids all their parents were still together and so like wow. and then I'd look at the people not in French immersion mostly the English kids their parents were divorced blah 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 and like like we were saying like that's a total rarity mm-hmm. and so it's interesting because our perspective is completely different from other people you know like you have well especially when you have immigrant parents well exactly and like a lot of kids that I come knew from but other didn't actually interact like with too much like, like divorced I, uh, like parents Arthur's like, told me stories about his his mom and dad like moving to Boston is it Brooklyn or Brooklyn and wow. they're just like these sort of fresh off the boat immigrants and just trying to like make their way in this that's the thing it's completely different from what we've experienced you know we've had parents that have been together they supported us and like that's why we're here you know what to be perfectly fucking honest if I didn't have my parents as a fallback plan I would have been homeless 24 25 times over you know like if I didn't have my parents to back me up I would be on the fucking street like a, and a, do you think do you think if you didn't have your parents you would have lived your life differently or do you think you would just be on the street? Well, I don't know because the only thing that I know is having parents to have supported me through thick and thin. You know, <laughs> they they holy shit, they've gone through so much bullshit just having birthed me, you know, like I I should be on the street. You know, like Mike, you and I have had some serious contention over money, like, and without you having supported me, like, that's just one other level. If you didn't exist and my parents didn't exist, I would be on the fucking street, man. Like, I I would literally be, like, sitting outside of Provigo shaking a fucking cup being like, hey... Can you help me pay for my rent? That I Yo, squeegees make like, a lot of money. It's it's one of those questions that's like, would you have lived the same way had you not had a safety net? Good point. Exactly. So like, so I, that's it. Like, would I have lived in such excess had I not known that I had a backup plan? Right. And so like, I've thought, you know, I guess artistically, you know, you think about like all these great artists that have been like, yeah, listen, I grew up in a foster home and blah, blah, blah. And that's how I make great art. And I think sometimes like, fuck, I wish I didn't have parents that supported me so I could make really good art, you know? Because it's all the, about sadness know, exactly. and misfortune. I right? wish I was just like so I think, fucking str- I've like, thought about this. I've, I've thought about this a lot. I think that's a bunch of shit. I think you're going to the art that you make in your life doesn't have anything to do with where you come from. I guess. I but don't then think you, it but does you, at all. Then you think about I these think great it, artists it, who are think, like. No, listen, I think it influences you. I think right, your background influences right. you and that's what you make art about. But I think the creative drive is is nature it's not you know nurture no, it's I think not. there's something to do with the fact that like you have nothing like look at fucking Biggie Smalls man like look at somebody like that I disagree like, I disagree really? I think Biggie Smalls Grew would be Biggie Smalls if he had great parents I, I think, dis- I completely no, disagree no. with that man I mean you think that- I think it might vary I think okay maybe there would be some variation in and of itself I think ultimately though there's so many examples of people who make great art who come from comfort like I think, I think it happens. Leonard Cohen, I, Orson Welles, right. like Bob Dylan okay, was born into okay, a middle class okay, family. Okay. Neil Young. These yeah. people are just sensitive. Right. They're just sensitive to their right. surroundings, and they're just have them are born with the drive and motivation. But then you look at the amount of art yeah, that like comes Neil, out of people like Neil who are, Young said, like, who have nothing. Though my problems are meaningless, are meaningless that don't make, them, make go them go away. away. Yeah, exactly. Okay? So it. I mean, 
and I, and I think making a blanket statement like you need to come from nothing to make great art or you don't have to that doesn't like it it varies like if Biggie it's was like born in affluence who the fuck knows if he yeah. was or not it's dumb to speculate because yeah. he lived the life that he lived and that's what it is yeah. and if if you know I think I think your life is so delicate as well I think you're so victim to just the, the subtle influences of your life that yeah. push you in different directions and like if something happens to you that pushes you in a certain way that will create a whole different life for you yeah. I totally think that but I do also think that the creative drive that impulse that motivation is kind of in the most part for the people who really 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 go for it yeah. you have to be born with that and you're no, gonna I agree but at the same time I feel and you're, like and if it's, you have it's gonna nothing be, else and if and, and it, it's whatever, almost easier to come upon that just like what else am I gonna do kind of phase you know like what else am I gonna do but create whatever the fuck I wanna do uh, as opposed to being comfortable in your in yourself you know like if you've got a backup plan, I feel like it's a lot easier not to make. So you're saying I, I've been, you're saying if you have a shot at being an investment banker, <laughs> you might not want to no, pursue but, music yeah, like, as hard as someone who that's all they've exactly. got. No, but like, look at like I would give myself as an example. Yeah. Like I was born into a perfectly comfortable family, right. totally loving parents. Yeah, yeah. I have literally no problems in my life. Right. I've been given the gift of a perfectly, not perfectly, but pretty balanced psyche. Sure. I don't have a lot of trauma in my yeah. life, if any. I haven't yeah. had to struggle with loss or disease or anything. Yeah. But on the other hand, all I give a fuck is doing plays. That's sure. all I want to do with sure. my life for the rest of my life, yeah, yeah. is making plays. That's all I care about. Yeah. Okay? So, you know, besides getting drunk with my friends, that's the other <laughs> thing I care about kind of just as much. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that that's what I'm talking about when it comes to the creative impulse. And I feel like if I was born into, uh, like, like, I feel like, like a, like a some really kind traumatic, of horrible that, has to, that that exists with being. Well, like I, at I the feel bottom like of the barrel. I know? feel like listen, like if I was born into like a traumatic life, I don't yeah. think I would overcome that. I don't know. I don't know if I would. I might get beat down by that. I might by like the laziness that exists in me yeah. might just surrender to that. Yeah. You know, but maybe dead by now. The fact that you're born into affluence, I don't or or. Um, you poverty know, has yeah. anything to do with your creative trajectory at all. I don't think that. You know, you know I, I think I, there's I wanna, some objective credit. What were you going to say, happens. Mike? Yeah. I want to throw a curveball. Um, I, uh, I read, I think that family is the ultimate support unit. Yeah. And I definitely. think of my own family as support. Right. I read that within three generations your genes are gone right given the junk dna only like three percent of your genetic code is passed like within three generations it's gone so that like support unit that intense feeling you have for your kid is ineffably maybe meaningless Right, you know what? I, you I feel like it has less to do with DNA, unit. but like a support unit doesn't have so much to do with DNA, but more like Status. the people that you that you allow yourself to be surrounded with. You know, friends has nothing to do with DNA, but like I, I think, I like think you know, I was talking about DNA. before, like the 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 contention that we had about about money, like a year and a half ago. Like I, if I didn't have the support from you, one of my best friends or my my parents or whatever like there's so many instances that i should have been fucking on the street i should have been homeless 
You know, like if I didn't have these support groups, whether it's you as my friend or my parents, you know, bailing me out in specific situations, I should be homeless. And you look at people on the street who are begging for fucking change in a goddamn Starbucks cup, like that may be the only difference between them and me is not having a support group. You know, like I want to, I want to, I want to interject something. I want to say what you're saying, like the contention that you had with money, like this might be what you're going to say. Well, no, it's here. It doesn't really have anything to do with money. Am I wrong? What are you going to say? Like, well, I've heard you say this before. It's like, it wasn't the fact that, like, you could say this probably better than I could because you lived it, but, like, it's not about the money. It's about everything around the money. Th- that's what I wanted to clarify. You yeah. saying yeah. there's a contention about money. I, w- I want to say there was never any contention, Evan. Well, no, I yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, I don't make a lot of money. Yeah. But there was never any com- contention. I I I I always found that the contribution you made yeah was more valuable than money. That was priceless. Honestly, honestly, you can always make more money. Right. I uh, I I'm But what I'm saying I'm is surprised that surprised to hear special. you stay, hear you say that. But that that's that's kind of what I'm going for. Is like that's special. Like that's that's something that not a lot of people have. So like, imagine some dude who you know borrowed money from his friend, or you know what, borrowed money from his parents, blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden, you know he can't he can't pay for it. He can't pay it back. Blah blah blah. He ends up on the street. I have found myself in so many situations, especially the situation that you and I have had over the. I mean, not now, but like a year and a half ago. Let's call it that. Like post-Shambhala. And if we were in a different situation, if if you weren't like such a good friend to me, I could be in a position where I would have been homeless. You know, like... But I think what Mike's... I could be on the fucking street. But, but what's what, special about that is that like I have a really great friend or I have a, like a really great... But I, backup plan. Well, but it's not. It's you know what. Listen, you know what I'm listen, saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I, and I think what, what Mike was gonna say, was sort of saying is like, um, yes, there's a certain element of this backup plan, or or not. I, mean, I don't even. I wouldn't even put it that way. Or right. A certain amount of friendship. I think you luck out in finding good friends, but well, you only oh, listen. Listen, you only. I don't even think there's luck. I think you make your own luck. I think. Well, exactly, I don't think I don't think you should sell yourself short in the. But I'm not talking about posit- myself. I'm the, talking about no, no, the no, no, idea But you only you only who- cultivate great friendships by putting positive energy into it. And I think the okay. only reason that you and Mike had this friendship is to some degree about the positivity and the, everything that you contributed right. to it. You're okay. not like you're not like I, it's not like Ro- like Mike's gonna lend Romaine our douchey <laughs> French roommate that right. money. Right. You know. The friendship well, no. existed yeah. ab- above yeah. both of you guys, I think. Yeah, and we're and we're settled now, and it's and it's been settled for a while. But like, there was this point where I, where you know I was getting messages from my fucking landlord, and like, I was like fucking three thousand dollars in debt to my fucking landlord, you know, and I was just like, uh, you know, without the support of my friends. I I would have been fucking homeless, you know? Like I would have been on the fucking street. 
And I try to imagine people who don't have that support group, who don't have that fallback plan from people who support them or family that support them, who just like, imagine somebody who doesn't have that kind of level of, uh, of friend group which is like, eh, but that's also I don't some, have that's it. also something you cultivate, I think. No, it's true, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, imagine you don't have that, and so that's how you end up on the fucking street, like outside of a fucking Provigo, in like a minus thirty degree night, just like with your dog, just being like, I felt so close to that, you know. I felt like I could be that guy, you know. Yeah, I felt like I was so close to being that guy. I mean, but thank God that I had people who gave a shit about me, you know? But there's so many people out there who have people that don't give a shit about them. I I never thought there was any contention because I think that... And history proves right. that you are one of the most, if not the most, extraordinary people I've ever met. Okay. Simply, I thought it was just the peaks and troughs. Right. Yeah. And yeah. here you are at a peak, sure. I think. I'm, I a, I'm definitely in a yeah, peak right I now. I saw yeah. you in a trough, and yeah. I think that happens to everybody. And I, there was never any contention. I thought it was just about friendship. Yeah. There was well, no, the, it, the, the friendship there, lever There was never, never anything yeah. personal Yeah. ever. I just... It's hard to describe it. It's kind of a long time ago. I never think about it. No, me neither. But you know what? At the, at the same time, like, yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> part of me wants to, like, feel like, oh, God, like, I can't believe I did that, like, thing to my friend. But at the same time, like, I know that... You know what? It, it was so funny, man. Like, I remember you moving in the first day into De Bouillon. Like, you, you had your, your brother's car. You brought, like, your amp. And like a couple like hampers full of clothes. And it was just like, okay, you know what? This dude is gonna be my friend forever. And like, I didn't think about forever at that time, but like, only after that had happened for a while, I was like, okay, this is a a thing that can happen. And what really bothered me about that when we had this like weird money dispute is that like I felt like that was at stake. You know, I felt like fuck this thing that we have cultivated. This thing that like we that's really important to me, this other human being, who I had acknowledged in my own mind as being like one of my best friends of all time, I felt like, ah, fuck, I can't believe that like I'm fucking him over just because of like my own, you know, irresponsibility to do with dollars, and I'm glad it's over now. Like we we figured it out and and. I'm, I'm happy about that. I mean, it's been figured out for a long time. Like, No, I know. I know. It's been figured out. but uh, Yeah. But it, it, it took me like some serious fucking But I feel like work, it was also, it was also a lot like, like Mike is a very grounded dude. And totally. And I, I feel like everything that you, you were going through was a lot of just dealing with your own stuff. Bullshit. And like, how, and like you getting bullshit. through that. And then it's just like. Falling and then rising. That was again. an insane year. Falling and then an rising back year. to that level of friendship. Yeah. And it's not like a fr- a friend is going to bring you out of that. You have to bring yourself. Out well, no, of that. that that's, that's what, what was you did. beautiful about about you, Mike, is that like I, you know, we we went to Shambhala. You fronted that money for me, and then you know it took me a fucking ten months to pay you back, 
And at the same time, we had this weird landlord thing going on. Arsena, you still owe me like $5,000. You need to start paying back that shit. This is bullshit right now. Let's bring some real drama to the podcast. This is fucking horse shit, Arseni. You're the worst friend I've ever had. Sorry. What do I owe you for? Um, uh, I don't even remember anymore. Is it for when I peed in your bed? Yeah, 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 yes, yes. That other time. That, other that time was that you? That uh, anyway. I'll pay you back and install Okay, this. fine. We can work it out after. Okay. Um, uh, 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 how long do you guys think we've been recording for? Uh, about three hours on the dime. You think, you think we've hit the three-hour mark? I honestly have no idea. Um... Because I ripped off the calf of this uh, brandy, I kind of have to drink it all. What are you thinking? You just yeah. ripped off the calf. How how's the brandy treating you? You want some? I'll try some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll try a swig. It's really good brandy. I'm not a brandy drinker, but... uh. With a lot of your subhuman takes, you drink this... <laughs> Sub yeah, subhuman. Okay. Yep. We're dishing out some more brandy. Some more brandy. I'll more have brandy. some more brandy. I don't know. I think the moral of the story is, uh, it's great to have great friends in your life, and it's something that I've That's thought of, I've thought about a lot lately. Thank you, sir. I feel like over the last couple of years, if anything else. I've had just the best friendships ever, like, right? like best ever. Like I am hurt. I, thanks. I, I don't have room for more Wowzers. friends in my life. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Who else they gonna? I have too in? many best friends. I yeah. have Evan. I have Mike. I have Martin. I have Jake. I have all these fucking best friends all over the place. And it's and Arsenio. Last thing I need is another friend. I don't feel like Arsenio and me are best friends yet. I think I think we're friends. But um, I'm more than more than happy One to day. cultivate a best friend. <laughs> One day, Andy. One day. No, no. And I, I'm, not, I'm not. I don't, I don't mean Arsenio an interlocutor. Yeah, I love I love Arseni. What does that mean? I, I love ha- spending time with Arseni. Fr- Whenever Arseni have- is in my life, I, it adds to my life. I, I just feel like a like a best friendship hasn't yet yeah. hasn't yet been cultivated. That's fair, and you're you're doing justice to the to the <laughs> name of best friend by saying that. Yeah, that's totally true. Socrates had his interlocutors, someone he would talk to to delineate his positions. I have five inter- interlocutors. This is Senny, <laughs> Andy, Arthur, probably John. <laughs> test the relationship. Yo, have you met John before? Which John? Oh, wait, the like super intense like psychology dude. <laughs> Coming back Philosophy. This weekend. Yeah. Oh, Yo, okay. close enough. Yeah, I've met him. Yeah, yeah I've met him. him. I feel like we should go out of our way to get this guy on the podcast. Duh. I don't think he's here on Wednesday, though. He could be. He could do be. the podcast early. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we should. We'll I would love to make a day to get him yeah. on the show. I think I, it's like every a really time I've hung out with him, he's like, like, wow, this guy can talk. He's <laughs> like, blah 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 blah. But like, not yeah. in a blah blah way. But like, he blah, actually blah, just kind of really talk a lot. Or and then he'll allegedly roofie himself. And... <laughs> you know That's what? what Speaking of roofing yourself, Mike, uh, do you remember a couple years ago? <laughs> I think it was, it was a bonding experience. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. So 
my uh, kind of going away, I, I decided to go back to Edmonton for, for a couple months to like make some money. I wasn't making a lot of money in Montreal. And uh, my parents had kind of convinced me, like, hey, listen, you can stay in my play, like our place, just like work here, make a lot of money, and then go back. It's like, okay. So we had found, on De Bouillon, we had found this water bottle in our freezer in a baggie, in a plastic baggie, along with the syringe. So we assumed that this, like, Nestle-sized personal water bottle was filled with water and one syringe worth of GHB. So Mike, Kiri, and I, and Arthur, decided, like, okay, we'll do this. Like, hey, we've never GHB'd before. Like, let's just do this. It'll be really fun. And we assumed that it was a water bottle with one syringe of GHB in the water bottle. <laughs> Needless to say, that was not what was happening. The entire water bottle was just pure GHB. And so we all did like a couple shots of it, mixed it into our drinks. Right. I ended up in my room just like playing on Mike's uh, micro cork <laughs> with like the Would vocoder. Just right like, now. That's history right there. I walked out of my room and I saw Kyria standing up, vomiting all over the toilet. Not mm. into the toilet, all over the toilet. Just around it? Yeah. It was just, team. it was so bad. And then Mike had locked himself <laughs> into the main bathroom, pounding on the door. I was like, Mike, let me in, let me in, let me in. Finally, I used like a little, little, uh, you know, it was like a, a not a key lock bathroom, but like you have to poke the a little stick into the slip yeah, lock. Yeah. Opened up the bathroom. Toilet full of shit. Full of poop. <laughs> Mike on the on the floor of the bathroom, pants down. He's like, Hey Mike, what's going on, man? No, no He just slammed the door in my face. Like, okay, okay. Give him another half an hour. He came out of the bathroom, <laughs> lied down on the couch, I was like, Okay, this is cool, Mike's cool. All of a sudden, Mike starts like seizing, just like, <laughs> like, oh shit, what the fuck's going on? So we're like, we're hugging him, we're like, Mike, it's okay, just pure love, man, pure love. And yeah, that's okay. Like, it was pure okay. We felt, we felt like it was okay. And then all of a sudden, Mike stands up, we're like, oh sweet, he's standing up. Pees all over Kyria <laughs> <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> so, damn. He whips his dick out. Kyria's on the couch. He starts peeing on Kyria, who's this girl lying on the couch. Arthur, our friend, grabs a bucket, like a bowl, <laughs> just like a mixing bowl, and like puts it under his penis. Just like, oh, I'm catching the pee. Okay, great. And then he passes back out on the couch, starts seizing again. Like, okay, this is really bad. We had to call an ambulance. This, mind you, is like my kind of going away night. <laughs> I just met the guy. Allegedly. Honestly, I've been living there for a week. <laughs> That's it. This is like my going away party. Just like the four of us doing GHB in this room. And so like as Mike gets carried away. That's something else I really want to try. As an ambulance, just like he gets carried away. Don't do that. And then like half an hour later I hop I on like a bus to, to go to the airport to go home. It was uh it was special. I think about the times I almost died. Probably one of them. <laughs> that was definitely one of them. Is this the the story that you recounted in the in the Hollywood night? Maybe I was yeah. holding Curious Hand in the ambulance. You had told us of a time that you'd done G and almost 
ruined Wait, your life. Here's, here's tying things together. <laughs> if Evan didn't have good friends, he'd be on the street. If Mike didn't have good friends, he'd be dead. <laughs> Point. <laughs> that's a good point but you know it's what it's a, like it's i love time together like um you know just like um random interactions like well, we've talked about this before on the podcast but like mike you and i met through basically arthur pulling a craigslist ad and moving in with kiri and i who happened to be you know you came in one week i remember the ad he he asked me he's like should I go with the cheaper apartment and live with two Asian people, two <laughs> Asian girls, or should I pay a little bit more? And I met the people, and they're pretty cool. They might have been those two Asian girls that showed up yeah. at our party that one night. You know what's funny he about? Chose the more expensive yeah. apartment with the cooler people. Yeah. What's funny about Andrew and I is like we met through a play that I did with Rowan, and he was acting in the play, and blah blah. blah. What's funny is that like I was like, hey, man, you want to live with us, blah, blah, blah. But I was so wasted that like he called me a couple of days later and was like, hey, can I come check out the apartment? I was like, who are you? What apartment? What, what, no, what, no, what no, no. It wasn't that. I, I saw your ad on, on Craigslist that you had posted to Facebook that you needed a roommate. But yeah, I completely had forgotten leave? the fact what? that I even invited you. He was living in a fucking Harry Potter under the stairs, like, <laughs> like stupid, <laughs> stupid room. Oh, you got the butt into that deal, man. It? it wasn't that bad. Given the household I was living in, it really didn't matter at all. But you know what? Like that's what I love about like these, you know, seemingly random connections. You know, just like people kind of exploring their own ideas about what it means to live in, whether it's Montreal or any kind of city. Just like being open to the fact that, like, I don't know who you are, but maybe I'll decide to live with you. You could be kind of cool. That's the thing I think about, like. If uh, is it random chance or is it just kind of who you are and the kind of people that you manifest? In your yeah, life yeah. Given you, you draw are. like similar people. If into I didn't lives. happen to end up living with you guys, I feel like I we all kind of like you. The, what you put forth in your life, the kind of energy you put out, like it's right. kind of new age or whatever. That kind of comes back to you, I think. You know, call it luck, call it this or that. I think I think if you if you live your life in a certain way, putting out a certain energy into the world, yeah. you're gonna get it back. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get love back. If you love people and you love your life and you love experiences yeah. and you like, you know, you have a certain enthusiasm, like that comes back to you. You know, I think I think that's I think that's true. I think it can fail. I think people who are great people can get a shitty car deal too. Like I don't know. It's that's a, true. It's a random thing. I don't know. How long have we been going, by the way, Evan? Well, we're over three hours. I'm looking for a song. Unless, uh, Arsenio or Mike, if you have a really cool song on your phone, um, what I would suggest is putting it up to the mic. Unless, Andrew, if you got one. Our kind of tradition for... Play us out? Yeah, exactly. Our tradition for ending the podcast is we find a song on our phones that seems like seemingly appropriate... Okay. Wow. Classic. <laughs> I'm really impressed at how fast you found that track. Have you seen the music video? Oh, yes. It's also so classic. So, I just want to say thank you guys so much. We've been expecting you to come on the podcast for so long. Like, this has been absolutely That's perfect. Thank you it's so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys came on. And, uh, here we go. This is uh, definitely not the end of the evening. Episode 15, that's a multiple of five, bitches. <laughs> Tune in next week. 
tune in next week for whatever the fuck happens. <laughs> next Wednesday, son. <laughs> See you next week. We gotta have our semi back so we can, we can talk more. Next weekend. Yeah. Anyway, thanks guys so much. Thanks, Mike, for the brandy. Jesus. It's perfect. He just brandished the peace sign. That means anything. Thank you, Evan, for providing the Studio Q-esque <laughs> atmosphere. That's it. It's, it's pretty warm. I feel like I'm being violated. Just <laughs> I'm looking at a ketchup bottle that is that's being it. spotlighted. That's, that's our that's our kind of pseudo uh, spirit animal. <laughs> I'm more of a mayo bottle. guy <laughs> that's okay. at the it's heart of it, fair. but ketchup's okay too, I guess. That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a mayo guy too. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, once you have mayo on fries, that's it. You've you passed the point of no You're return. Full Quebecer. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, audience, see you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. And, uh, good night.